Good night, good morning, and good afternoon, motherfuckers. This is your host, Fritz. I also go by the name Wise Man Fritz. This is the Wasted Intelligence Podcast, where we'll get wasted on intelligence or be a complete waste of intelligence. Today, we got a good show. This is actually one of my favorite shows now. In this episode, I'm joined by Sean, a veteran from the Army. We get into why he joined the military, how he was raised, how the military made him, who he is today. PTSD, medical, marijuana, life after the military, gun control, Colin Kaepernick. We touch on brief topics like top his top Marvel movies and so much more. It's a pretty good show, man. We also get into like racism and culture. You know, it's it's very good talking to people, having honest conversations. And this is what I want out the show as I continue to repeat substance and timeless content. I have a few corrections from the podcast. I know we talked about Spider-Man. We mentioned uh, Tobey Maguire. He actually did do three Spider-Man movies. Um, And we got into a brief topic about Marvel movies I mentioned in my top five. Uh, I'm actually, now that I've done more research about Black Panther, I'm actually considering Black Panther a top three movie. Do your research on why the director made Black Panther or directed Black Panther the way he did. His explanation uh, to why he wanted to touch on African culture. There's a lot of scenes in the movie that pertains to the African culture that I find very interesting. And I think it's pretty unique that he incorporated all that inside the movie. And now that I've been doing a little more research on religion or certain religions, it's it's pretty fascinating. Something I've been getting into, yeah, I might think I'm nasty or whatever, but chicken pizza with green peppers, yellow peppers, and red peppers. With some onions on there. I put ketchup on my pizza. And I also put mustard on my pizza. And I dip it in a side of ranch. Judge me if you want to. But don't knock it till you try it. It's pretty good. One thing I've noticed as well is, you know, we... Remember when we were kids, we used to just experiment with our food. We used to put spaghetti on Oreos or applesauce on Oreos, certain things like that. We got to kind of get back to our old ways to an extent, you know? We we condition ourselves a lot, and we don't even know it. We're so used to eating pizza without, you know, uh, condiments or adding things to our pizza. Our traditional styles is, uh, what, pepperoni, cheese or sausage, or bacon, or something like that. Add a, you know, experiment with your pizza. Get, get a new topping every once in a while. Or experiment with your food, you know? Condiments are always a wonderful delight. But I enjoy this show, man. I've, one of my favorite episodes, I'm excited. You know, I held on to this piece for about a month, I believe. 
And I've created a new schedule. I'll be dropping an episode every two weeks. So twice a month, you'll be getting an episode. Because, you know, that's a schedule that works out for me. And it gives me plenty of time. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode because I enjoyed it. And I loved having Sean on the podcast. And I hope he comes back for more. To pick that brain of his. Hope you guys have a good night, good morning, and good afternoon. This is the Wasted Intelligent Podcast where we get wasted on intelligence or be a complete waste of intelligence. And at the end of the day, the wise man knows nothing. And the mind is a terrible, terrible thing to waste. Enjoy the show. Oh, if you like film, anime, television, and other forms of entertainment, check out my podcast that me and my friend Elijah host together. It's called The Fate Podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Google Play, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Pretty good thing. Pretty good show we do. Have a good day. Enjoy the show. Peace. All right. We are recording. We're both on? We are nice, both on. Man. Can I Can I start saying I'm going to be like Takashi 69 and say <laughs> this is going to be the most views ever? Yeah, just like the Breakfast Club. Yeah, just get to the mic. <laughs> gotcha. Man. Yeah. How are you feeling? I, I feel important for some reason. I got a mic in my face. You I are feel, important, yeah, man. Yeah, man. You're no. very important. No, I am, I'm the least important. No, you are important. <laughs> just Look at what minute. you do, man. Yeah. It doesn't always feel that way, man. How's your day going? It's, it's good. Dealing with that stupid house. And uh, if we go back to school tomorrow. Uh, are you ready for that? Yeah. No. No. Summer went by quick. It did, man. It did. Especially when uh when you got nonsense living next to you. Yeah. You know, and you're you're playing spy every <laughs> every other day. Yeah. You know. Um but yeah, I I don't know. This is gonna be my third year down here teaching. It's been it's been a good uh it's been a good experience. I heard nothing but horror stories about teaching in Florida, but it's just like teaching up north. I mean, it's no different. It's no different. Right. Kids are kids. Kids are kids. You know, the weather's <laughs> a little bit warmer. That's about it. Man, I really enjoy the fact that you guys do barbecues. Yeah. I, I just like that atmosphere. I'm not, I'm more of an introvert. Yeah. You know, so like when I, but like any time it involves like family barbecues or barbecues. Yeah, that was a good and, time, man. Yeah. I always find it to be a good time. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it. It was. I wish I wasn't working the whole time. Yeah, and I felt bad. I was like div man in the grill. And yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You know, showing that house next to where the beer in my hand and flip flops. You know, it's real, <laughs> it was real professional. Yeah. When was the last time you've been to the movie theaters? The movie theaters. The movie theaters. The last movie you saw. Carla and I. Oh man, we we were bougie. Hmm. We went to the IPIC. Oh, paid man. like you know three hundred dollars a ticket to go sit in the reclining chairs. How was it? It was good. What did we see? We saw um. Oh, Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2. Phenomenal movie. Yeah. Phenomenal. By far, I think, in my opinion, best Marvel movie made. Why? Just Ryan Reynolds brings that character to life. And, you know, it's it's nonstop funny. But, you know, it's also got some drama in it, but not too much. Yeah. You know, that and I think uh, if I had to pick top three, I would say that, Black Panther, and then the original Iron Man. Mm, Why the original? I don't know, man. That was like the first time seeing Robert Downey Jr. like come back in that role. That sells it. You know? And that it, sells it. And he really played that role well. Um, very confident, cocky. And, and you know, I wasn't a big Iron Man fan mm-hmm. uh, growing up. I read comics like The Flash and yeah. all that stuff. Um, but I was like into Batman. Yeah. Batman and Spawn. 
Batman and Spawn. Yeah, I got all the Spawn comics. How do you feel about Jamie Foxx playing Spawn? Is wait a minute, is that coming? Yep. They're redoing it. Yeah. No, I didn't know. Yeah. Jamie Foxx is playing Jamie Spawn. Jamie Foxx is playing Spawn. Man, I don't know. It's 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 a little weird with Jamie because you know he's he's such a goofy guy. Yeah. He's that's, such a c- comedian. Yeah. But his acting isn't that bad though. No, I mean he he's a good actor. I mean, you know he was in uh, what what was it? You know, from um, uh, the movie with like when he was in the car, driving around with the car was that with Tom Cruise? Oh my God, Ta- Taxi or Collateral? Collateral, yeah. You know he can be dramatic, and then um, and then you know what wasn't it? What was that? Uh, not Pootie Tang. Um, him and one of the Wayne's brothers, I think it was. All all he was trying to do was get laid the whole movie. Oh, man. I don't know what that was. Boomer, not Boomerang. Was it it, no, no, Boomerang's Eddie Murphy. It was, I don't know. I have to look it up. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, he could play all sorts of things. But yeah. play, when's that supposed to come out? I do not know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe next year. Maybe next, next year. Next year. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who could play that role. The guy who played it last time, I don't even know who played Spawn, that original movie back in. Like early 90s. 2000s or 90s? Well, I think it was the 90s. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Because John Leguizamo, I, I remember, was, uh, uh, what was that guy called? Not, is it The Thing? What, the Clown? The Monster Guy? I forget what it was. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was, one of my, that was one of my favorite comics. But movie-wise, it has to be those top three. Those top three. Yeah. What about you? What's your top three Marvel? Do I'm going to give it to Thor? Thor, I have never seen Thor. You have to see Thor. Really? Uh, yeah. At first, I'm, I was a little, I never watched any of the Thor movies till like about a month ago. Yeah. And what made you watch them? It was on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Netflix. Yeah. I gave it a chance and I'm like, wow, you know, Thor's really, he's the man. Yeah. You know, he's kind of like your stereotypical man with yeah. the hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. I give it to Thor. I'm going to give to Spider-Man Homecoming. That was a good one. I enjoyed that, that one. That was a good one. I, I didn't think, you know, because you, you seen, what, Toby, Toby was, I almost said Toby Keith, that's a country singer. Yeah. Toby McGuire. Yeah, Toby McGuire. What did he play? Did he do three of them? I think he only did one. Really? I thought he did three. But the Homecoming was, that they did a good job with that. Yeah. They did a really good job with that. My last one, I didn't, re- I can't give my last one to Black Panther, man. A lot of people, a lot of people, why, 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 uh, I just feel like with the whole Black Panther thing, um, you know how they had uh, King T'Challa versus Killmonger? Yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of people resided with Killmonger's position. A lot of African-Americans. Really? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They left with the, they left with the mentality of Killmonger. Um, so that kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but the movie was good. My third Marvel movie, I'm Infinity War, man. You didn't it's, see Infinity War? Is that is that on Netflix too? Nah, that 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 came out like about a month or two ago with Thanos. No, with the Infinity Stones. No, I as didn't a matter of fact, that. I take that back. I'm giving it to Doctor Strange. I haven't seen Doctor Strange. You yet. have not seen Doctor Mm-mm, Strange. No, you gotta watch it. It's on Netflix. Is it? It's on Netflix. <laughs> I have to check it out. I see. I've been um, see the, my thing is I watch the same movies over and over. Mm. And if, why? What was? I don't know, man. It, it's because I know what's there, and it's <laughs> I, like I don't know. Is it a fear thing? It's you know what? It, it's 
it might be sometimes, you know, like I was so proud of myself the other day. I was watching, I uh, got on Netflix and watched uh, a new show. It was called Evil Geniuses about the pizza bomb, pizza bomber and uh, back. A pizza bomber? All right, listen, you, this, this is insane. I'll give you the quick rundown. So um, back in 2005, 2004, I was, um, I, there was a, um, a guy who robbed the bank <clears throat> with uh, this explosive collar. Thank you. Um, the explosive collar around his neck. And the co- and he left. He, he got the money. He had him tell her a note. Boom. You know, whatever. And it's this big, long note. And um, the cops got him. And they noticed he had a bomb around his neck. And it exploded. Like, they backed up and it exploded. It was on a timer. Yeah. So what happened was is I'm not going to give you too much because you got to see it. What happened was, was somebody got to this guy, strapped this like saw, you know, like the movie, Fran, you know, saw yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of contraption around his neck, put a shirt over it and said, hey, here's your scavenger hunt. Do this, do this, do this, and do this. And, um, you know, th- that's how you get free. And then you drop the money off and all that stuff. Um, and then it goes in this whole thing of, who did it and, and how, it, how it happened and, you know, what was missed in the investigation and all this stuff, man. It was crazy. Who ended up doing it? Um, they don't know. They still don't know. Um, they think they have to see again. It's one of those things. It's not what you know. It's what you can prove. And mm. so they think it was these two, this kind of crazy, crazy couple and a couple outside people. Um, did this because this one guy had all these contraptions in his garage and stuff like that. And like one of the things was um, the woman who was supposed to be kind of the manipulate manipulator and uh, like in charge of all this stuff. She wanted some guy to kill her dad Hmm. because she, she would have gotten a large inheritance. So the guy said, I want 250,000 and he's telling this to the cops. He's like, Oh, I was just joking. But the guy went to the bank teller with a note saying, I want 250000 Yeah. So that's a coincidence, but you can't prove anything, you know. That's messed up. Yeah. So, um, and then they um, you go into like how, you know, such and such got this and that and that. But man, it's phenomenal. It's, evil it's geniuses. A, evil geniuses. It's crazy. Oh, and he was carrying a cane. That was a shotgun. What? Yes. So, and what was weird is this guy had a bomb around his neck. Yeah. And he goes into the bank and he's waiting in line for about a minute or two. And then walks up to the teller, gives her a note. And as he's walking out, he grabs a sucker and, and puts a sucker in his and mouth and walks out. Like, so the cops are like. The most casualist yeah, thing ever. Yeah. This guy, they're like, he, he had to be involved with it. He ended up not being involved with it. Um, but for somebody to just walk up in a bank like that, put a suck in your mouth, yeah, you're man. not worried about your life or anything. Mm-mm. That's ridiculous. No. I'm going to definitely give that a look. Yeah. yeah it's like a four part series. Kind of like, um, what was the, um, my, the mind of, a, no, the, the guy who, who that murder Netflix special, um, oh, with that guy, it was a bit, it was like a five part special. It was pretty good. In the mind of a murderer, or I don't know, but it was it was set up something like that. But Netflix did a good job on it; it was really good. Hmm. 
You ever seen the Mission Impossible series? Love Mission Impossible series. You love the Mission Impossible love series. Best one was the, the one when they were in Europe and they were like in a museum or something like that. Is when uh, what's that guy's name? The English guy. I like him. And I'm, the, not, I'm not too good with character, uh, the names of the characters. Yeah, yeah I, I like him, man. Tom Cruise, and I got respect for him. He does his own stunts. That's pretty. I watched Mission Impossible 2. Uh, well, I, I watched a new Mission Impossible. Yeah. And I went, I went to the theater high as hell. Yeah. With my date or whatever. Yeah. All right. And you know how, you, you know, you get high and a lot of ideas flow through your head. Oh, yeah. And your, th- your conspiracy theorist yeah. person comes <laughs> yeah. out. I never knew he did his own stunts. Yeah. I never knew Tom Cruise did that. But uh, the whole conspiracy theory guy came out of me. And then uh, I made up a theory. Maybe that might not be my theory. I might not be the first one who thought of this. But what if, what if he, what if it was like a stunt double, or what if he was doing his own stunts? Yeah. And technology so, yeah, so up there right now yeah. it's just they made it look like. Man, they they showed one the making of uh, one of the Mission Impossible movies, and I think it was the first or second one. Mm-hmm. And they showed this, how they did it. Um, 99% sure this is how they did it, if I remember correctly. There's a scene at the end where he's fighting the guy in the desert or something like that. And the guy goes to stab him with a knife. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to his eye. Like it's a real close-up shot of the, you know, the knife coming down, you know, almost touching his eye. They measured it, tied a string to a knife, and, did, and they did it. And the exact measurement stopped where it needed to stop, but it was like a half an inch away from his pupil. Whoa. Yeah. So, um, do you, yeah. do you think it's really him doing his, when, yeah, when actors he's say crazy, man. Doing, he's that crazy. He's that crazy, man. Anybody who's in the Scientology like that is out of their freaking mind. Out of their mind. Cause my date brought me, I never seen the Mission Impossible series yeah. at all. And she's like, you know, he does his own stunts. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And that just had my mind blown throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. That, that I got to respect that. And, you know, he does a good job with that, with that series. Um, you know, they're exciting. They're always something new. They're always, um, you know, they're the same thing, but you know, I, I enjoy, maybe that's why I'm enjoying them so much. Cause mm. it's basically the same thing. And I know what I'm getting, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, what's, what's the fear behind that though, man? I don't know. Um, you know, I don't want to waste my time. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I have no idea, but I've, I've always been like that. You're, are you like that with music as well? For, yeah, for like, if I find a song, like, I'll, I'll, I'll just listen to it nonstop and then I'll be done with it in like a month. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I always go back to like the classics and stuff like yeah. that. You know what I used to like in high school and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no. Movies, I'm definitely like that. Music, not so much. Hmm. Where are you from? I am from uh, the wonderful land of Harrison, Ohio. Ohio, baby. Ohio, yeah. Um, are you a Buckeyes fan? I'm not a Buckeyes fan. Really? No, because the Buc- Buckeye fans are so obnoxious. If I have to hear O-H-I-O one more time when I go into a bar, <laughs> I'm going to snap somebody's neck. There was one guy when I went out, I swear to God, he must have said it 50 times before half. I mean, and... I don't know if that was like 
his big thing in life that, you know, he could say that and people would say, you know, IO after his OH. Yeah. But I, I have no idea. I just, ever since then, I, I was like, I'm never, never going to a Buckeye, you know, to a bar with the Buckeyes games on. Cause they're, <laughs> they're, it's so obnoxious. It's so obnoxious. Bar fights. No, not so much bar fights. It's just, if you don't like Ohio state, then, you know, you're considered a terrible person and all that, it, you know, that sounds about right yeah. for every state. Yeah, man. Like I like Ohio State wrestling. Um, I'm a Buckeyes fan with that. Um, yeah. You know, but um, well, no, 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 not a Buckeye fan. Well, what's it? What's it like in Ohio? Um, How were you raised? All right. Um, so basically, Ohio. I mean, it's filled with cornfields and white people. Mm-hmm. I mean, hands down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from. Probably the capital of cornfields and white people. Um, <laughs> so literally, I mean, my, my town, now it's a little different just because everywhere is growing, you know, you know, with houses yeah. and all that stuff. And, um, you know, and actually my small town, they were going to put a Walmart there and they like rallied together to not have a Walmart put in that town. Yeah. So they, they're trying to stay small. Um, but whoa, yeah. But any restaurant you want, fast food restaurant you want is in that place. But you won't have a Walmart. They won't have a Walmart. Yep, it's weird like that. So my, I mean, my school was in the middle of a cornfield. It was like my school, cornfield, small airport, and then like nothing. Oh, were you raised on a farm? No, but at my, I have friends that had that had farms, and you know, we go there, and uh, you know, I had a buddy who had you know cows and yeah. farm goats and. So it was just cornfields you know, everywhere. Cornfields everywhere. Um, and then, and I, it, where I lived, it bordered Indiana. Um, so I lived right next to Indiana. So we go to Indiana and do stuff, you know, do stuff as well. And I lived right next to a big river. Yeah. So, I mean, like summers consisted of riding your bike somewhere, you know, going to the gas station, going to the comic book store, you know, going to the river, yeah. floating down the river. I mean, just, just doing outdoor stuff nonstop. You know, I, I can't say uh, my childhood is better where I grew up was bad, but it's definitely a bubble. Hmm. And, um, you know, I, I saw. Well, what, do you, what do you mean by a bubble? You know, it, it is, it's a place where you're comfortable if you belong there. Hmm. And, you know, and it, it's hard, like, there's not a lot of people that come there. So you kind of, people all know each other and they keep to themselves. You don't have really have to go out far, you know, as far as like dining and all that stuff, shopping. Yeah. You go to the malls, but anymore you get everything off Amazon. So, you know, so, um, you know, it really, it really shelters you from, from that, you know, from the rest of that's, you know, Cincinnati, which is Harrison's suburb of Cincinnati. Um, but you know, I, I would, it's a good place to raise a kid because small. it's small, you know, it's safe. I mean, I don't think I ever, ever locked my door ever. Really? Ever, ever. Like the, your front door? Ever. Mm-mm. No. I don't ever remember having a house key. I think we had a house key in the mailbox just in case we were gone for. Like on family vacation Yeah, or, or something. something like that. But yeah, man, you left, you left. I mean, I, we locked it at night. But, you know, like during the summers and stuff like that, I never, never. Um, And then, um, you know, as far as that, but you really miss out on the important things, you know, like different cultures, diversity and, you know, and and 
and just it's the same kind of person that lives there. You know, very small town mentality. A lot of people who grow up there stay there. So, so what made you? What made you get out? You know, like, like, so you, you, you just basically explained to me like majority of the people stay within their bubble. Yeah. Like, what made you not stay within your bubble or follow the? I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Were you a bad kid? I was. I was. My parents were divorced, and I'm not blaming it on that. Yeah. But my, and it was a good divorce. My parents were divorced, and I lived with my mom and my stepdad, <clears throat> who's a great guy. But, but at the time, you know, he meant well, but he, you know, he, he didn't know how to say, like, I love you, and, like, you're a great kid. It was just like— Is that important? I think when you're a kid, it is. Um, you know, and there's so many things I look back on. I'm like, man, I should have— watched more because he's very good with his hands. Mm. Um, he could fix anything and all that stuff. And I was just having a conversation with them the other day. Cause I, you know, I got my crazy ass dog now. Um, <laughs> Bo. Yeah. You Shouts know, Bo. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so I got Bo terrorizing anybody who comes over. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I, and he always used to come home and just bitch about, you know, the trash isn't taken out this, that, and that. And I used to be so annoyed by that. But then now that I'm older, I look back and go, man, that guy worked you know, nine hours a day, drove an hour to his job and back and did all the stuff. And he comes home, there's trash overflowed. There's dogs aren't fed. You know, there's, you know, there's, you know, shit that hasn't been cleaned up on the floor. So, you know, anything like that, you know, my room's a mess. And it's like, I get it now. Yeah. yeah I would have been pissed too. You know, you know, the, the lawn's not mowed, you know, yeah. I was just, yeah. you get it now. Yeah, I get it. So, um, it's funny how we live life forward, but understand backwards. Yeah, right. That's yeah. a great. That's great. Yeah. That's a great saying right there. It, Nietzsche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's um, you know, it, it was a good place. Um, as far as like um, you know, my my childhood and all that stuff. But I think um, the reason why I wanted to leave, you know, I, I have friends that just. I saw at an early age people staying there and I just knew that wasn't right. Like it was like the same old thing and there was the same people doing the same thing. And I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do at all. Mm. I had a vague idea, but I'm like, I don't want to be around these people. Mm. I mean, I, I want to move on. I don't want to go to school to Har in Harrison. And I have a friend like this, you know, he went to Harrison high school, you know, he went to a college, you know, not too far away, mm -hmm. moved back to Harrison, teaches at Harrison, mm -hmm. has five kids, and it's like, that's, that's it. Yeah, man. I was like, and he's probably happy. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he's happy, but that's not for me, mm. you know? And another thing that, that, um, that really made me want to leave was uh, I went to Europe <clears throat> when I graduated. Um, I went to Europe for like two weeks backpacking. Mm hmm it was a phenomenal experience, you know, staying with random people and mm -hmm. staying in hostels and, you know, getting to meet all sorts of people. So that was, that was kind of the, the nail in the coffin. Like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm done here. But, um, the only way I knew how to get out was joining the military because I, I mean, I wasn't a great student. Um, you know, my behavior probably impeded on a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hey, I, when you say you were a bad kid, like, 
What does that mean? I wasn't a bad kid. Like I wasn't killing cats and like, you know, you know, like (laughs) breaking into cars, but like, you know, like I won the class clown award, you know, you were rebellious. Yeah. You know, I was just rambunctious, man. And, you know, like, you know, I, I I think I've told you this before, you know, you know, me and my buddies, you know, we were crawling in the sewers underneath the streets, lighting off smoke bombs. What? Oh yeah. So the streets were filled with smoke and cars got to drive through it. You know, doing that like, sounds like some fun, man. Yeah, man, doing like random stuff, just like lighting stuff on fire down there by the river, just being dumbass kids. You know, and um, you know, but there was a limit to what I did. You know, my friend, like I would do some stuff like that, and then my friends were like, "Let's break into the elementary school to steal, you know, food from the cafeteria." I'm like, "No, nah, man, you're good." Like, <laughs> or like I'm good. Yeah, you guys go ahead and do that. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it was just, I just knew. I didn't, I just wasn't ready for school. So, um, both my grandparents were in the military and then, <clears throat> um, what branch are, uh, both were in the army. Yeah. Both were in the army. Um, so then I, I was, I saw that as my way out and then, um, and I did it, you know, I, um, I, I went full, full go into that, but, um, you know, I, I try, you know, I have a sister and I try to get her to get that mentality of, mm-hmm. You got to get the hell out of here because not that living in, in, a, in a town like that is bad. You know, it could be a small town here. It could be a large city in Dade County. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's good for people to go out and experience new things because yeah. if I didn't experience those things, I, I wouldn't be here right talking to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd be watching this on YouTube going, you know, who the hell is that guy? This great podcast, you know? <laughs> um, so it, it's... It's important for people to be uncomfortable and branch out. And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want to feel that uncomfort, man. They don't want to be uncomfortable. They, but, you know, the way I see it is when you're comfortable, you're not growing. Mm. You're not you kind of stunt your yeah, growth. Yeah. You know, um, you know, that's just one of those things for me is always kind of branching out and finding, finding new things. Cause you learn new things about yourself. Yeah, man. You know, and, um, and going back to, you know, my sister, it's, She's so, she's so worried about failing. And I'm like telling her all the time, like I process. I, yeah. It's a process. Sorry. Um, I fail nonstop. Mm. I, I'm always failing at things. You know, I, I just started painting my room for the first time. Mm. You know, that house. Yeah. I failed, man. I was, I got paint all over the floor. I got paint on the <laughs> ceiling. I got paint here. Yeah. But you know what? Guess what? That other bedroom looks like immaculate. Yeah. yeah. You know, you learn. Yeah. Um, and, um, it's just one of those things that, P, she's scared to take a chance. I think a lot of people are scared to take chances. Mm. But that's that whole, going back to that, that's that whole mentality of living in Harrison is, is you don't take chances and mm. you stay comfortable. And, and also, you know, there's a lot of racism mm. in that area that growing up, I didn't know was racism. Mm. I, I thought that was the norm. Mm. You know, if, if I'm being 100% honest, you know, I grew up where, you know, black people weren't bad, but black people were different and you had to understand, like, know that they're different than you and, yeah. and you treat, treat, treat them a certain way or treat, you know, a Hispanic person a certain way. And it was just like, that is something, that's probably one of the biggest things why I would want people to leave, you know, a small town or, or some kind of situation like that because- the order you get, the harder it is 
to set in your ways. You're set in your ways. Yeah. And it's not always it's not always that person's fault. Mm-hmm. You know, when they grow up and you see, you know, racism and stuff like that, you know, imagine, you know, a kid growing up in that and then he's been there for nineteen, twenty years and all of a sudden now they leave. I mean, that's that's gonna be hard to to really go back and kind of reverse some of that stuff. Yep. Because what are you going to do? You leave and then you're going to want to surround yourself by people that are like you. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it's comfortable. It's comfortable. And then, yeah, you might live in a diverse community now, but you're still around people who think the same way as you mm-hmm. and you still never grow and you still never, you know, learn, you know, what it is to be, um, um, considerate, I guess, or, um, I think consider is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Respectful, you Respectful, know, in other, yeah. other people's ways. Yeah. Um, but that was a big one, man. Um, the, the, the clan didn't, didn't, they operated not too far from where I lived really? in Indiana. Yeah. Have you seen, did you ever see it? I never personally saw it, but, um, I knew the the grand wizard, um, in that area, or I don't know how that works. Um, live somewhere in that area, um, mm. in Indiana and, uh, they marched through Harrison. Um, I don't know when, um, before I moved there, I think. Um, but yeah, that, that, and that was another reason too, that. But something in you, I don't like the way you're explaining the story. Like, was there something in you that was like, yo, I got to get out. There's more to life or something like that. Kind of, kind of. I, um, it it was, I didn't, I didn't know what it was, but it just didn't feel right. I, I, I'm not going to say that I was sitting there going, man, there's more to life and I got to go find it. Yeah. I just knew I didn't fit in. Hmm. You know, I didn't fit in. Um, I was, I was different. I still had good friends and, you know, we're still friends today, but yeah. I was just, I, I thought a little differently than, than my friends did. And, um, you know, and some things I just, I felt weren't right. You know, I didn't know what was right, but I I knew like, you know, like for example, um, my buddy. <clears throat> so we used to go to this guy's house um, after football games, mm-hmm. um, and um, he had you know it's, it's Harrison, you know, you got a house with a lot of land, so we're having a bonfire. Yeah, <clears throat> and he worked at Foot Locker at the mall, so um, he had some black friends there, mm-hmm. and uh, and. He invited them to the, um, what was it called? Uh, the bonfire. Yeah. So they came in, I mean, and as soon as they came in, I mean, it wasn't like a full on lynching, but it was like people randomly dropping the N word here, there. And then oh, all of a sudden it, it came really uncomfortable. And, um, I didn't partake, but I didn't help, you know, at yeah. that moment. And, and I knew that wasn't the right thing to do. And like, Without my friends knowing or anything like that, I went to the mall the next day and tried to find him and apologize. What? Yeah. And, um, you know, and I, I don't think, I don't think I told anybody then that I did that. Um, but, but that's the kind of stuff I was around. Hmm. Um, not everybody. I mean, not everybody was wearing white hats, you know, yeah. burning crosses in people's yards. But it was, but it was like that, man, you know, and because that's what that community was. Um, and like I said, I think I, I don't know who I told before, but like, I went four years in high school 
with with no no black students. Yeah. Maybe maybe some Hispanic. Maybe and that's a maybe. That's a maybe, yeah. You know. Um for you know, and we can talk about this later, but when I was in the army, my mm-hmm. mom sent my yearbook and my drill sergeant at the time hmm. he is, you know, I was like, you know, Private Marsis. I'm like, he's like, get in my office. He's like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, it's my yearbook. He's like, where the hell are all the black people? Like, was oh, like, he black? Was yeah, he? he's black. Yeah, and I was a like, drill sergeant ward. Um, I was like, I don't know, drill sergeant. They they weren't there. You know <laughs> what could you say? Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I'm not responsible yeah, for the school. Exactly. <laughs> but that mean, but it took you know, what I thought was normal, was just apparently odd to you know other people. Yeah, and that's how you get caught up in that dumb shit is when you're around that nonstop and it's not like you had a school full of racist kids, but when you're around nothing but your own kind, yeah, it's hard to accept other people and other people's cultures and, and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, that's what I grew up with. You know, I, I grew up with that, that where everybody's the same. I mean, you know, and um, yeah, I had, I had to get out of that. Yeah. So what branch what branch of military did you serve? Was it the army? Yeah, it was the army. Yeah. It was the army. Yeah. Why why the army and not Marines or the Navy? Um because my grandparents were in the army yeah. and then and the Marines, man. I, I, I have never met, you know, too many personally too many people that get out of Marine boot camp and I'm like, Yeah, I want to hang out with you. It's they are so brainwashed and so fucking crazy. Hmm. Um that it's it's uncomfortable. Now they serve a purpose and they do a great job defending America, yeah. but that wasn't me, hmm. you know. So, um, and I had a really good army. I had, the army had a really good recruiter at the time and uh, for my school. Yeah, excuse me. And um, his name was uh, Sergeant Bailey. So you know when he watches this podcast, you know thanks, man. <laughs> um, so. Um, so that's basically why I did it, you know, family. And then, you know, it was just kind of the recruiter at the time was, you know, really aggre- not aggressive, but really out there with the kids and, yeah. you know, getting kids to come out because that town's bred for the service. I mm. mean, it's a, it's a very blue collar town. Not too many people, you know, th- there's not a lot of doctors coming out of Harrison, you know, not that it's full of um, uneducated people, but it's just very blue collar, very you know, um, middle class, you know, few, few rich people, um, you know, but, but they're rich because, you know, my buddy's rich because they own, his family is a foundation company, a construction company. You know, they're not rich because they own this tech company or this and that it's, it's all either construction, sod, Hmm. um, you know, you name it, you know, shit like that. Well, so I'm, I'm assuming your family was supportive of you going to the army. Oh yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. you didn't get no resistance. No. Well, yeah, a little. Um, so I was, I graduated high school at 17. Mm-hmm. So I was really young. Um, and, um, I wanted to be infantry, mm-hmm. but my mom was like, you know, you know, you're, you're not, you're not, not doing, doing that. It. What was so, that? What's infantry? Infantry is is like what you sold at front line. You're fighting. Um, you know, you're the guy with the rifle walking, you know, doing this and that. Um, so she would let me be artillery. What was that? Artillery, um, 
is you got two different kinds. You have um, mechanized and you had tow. Like you would like literally tow your gun, your cannon with a vehicle. I was mechanized. Mm. So basically if, you know, this is, this is uh, infantry, we're right behind them, giving them support. Mm. So um, she said I could do that because she didn't want me going into combat arms. But at the time, you know, I was like, that's all I want to do is combat arms. I can't, I can't sit behind a desk. You know, my ADHD is not going to let me, you know, you know, it's not <laughs> yeah. going to let me you know, sit there and file papers or, you know, flip burgers in the army. Yeah. So, um, so there were those types of jobs that you could go to the army and do, like you could go and flip burgers, man, be the chef. Yeah. You know, you can, um, and you can join the army and, and be in a band. Really? Yeah. You can, you can do so much stuff that, you know, I, I know. Do you, do you actually choose that or do they choose for you? You know, I don't know. Um, that that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I know, um, I know some stuff you go into. Like you can be a cook. You can um, do stuff like that. But like you can even like re- you know play sports for the army. And I don't know how that process works out. Mm. Um, I think you got to fill out an application and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean. That's a, that'd be a great way. And, and you get all the same benefits and all that stuff from, you know, not being in the front lines, doing the stuff we did, but I couldn't see myself doing anything else. I'm, I'm always, to this day, I'm always doing, I, I take the most difficult path and I don't know why. I don't know if I just enjoy the challenge. Mm. Um, but you know, it, it made me who I am today and you know, I, I think it's working. Mm. I don't know. What's the art? So ever since I, I was young, I've always been watching these army movies, these these marine movies, and there's always some type of type of beef between each branch. Like army doesn't like marine. Yeah. I, I, what was that about? Yeah. Um. I, you know, I don't know. I was just told I wasn't supposed to like. <laughs> you know, whoever like when I was in basic training, they um uh, they bust us to because I went to basic training in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And I think they bust us to te- to Texas, maybe or I, I forget where. Um, but we went to the Army Navy game for football, and you know, and it was like screaming, you know, like you know, fuck Navy, you know. Say I had no idea, I had no yeah. beef with Navy, but I was told to not like Navy, you know. Um, but um, there, there is there because it's just it, it's a it's an alpha thing, man. It's just you know who who's tougher, who does the better job, who does the most important job. You know, all that stuff. And, you know, you know, and there's things to be said, like uh, the like physical training tests for the Marines is probably tougher than the Army. I think the Army, the Army based you on two mile run. The Marines based you on a three mile run. The Marines do pull ups in their PT tests. The Army doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, so there's things that, you know, if I had to say so, the, the, the Marines definitely do some things that that are a little that are tougher you know to endure than than the army yeah but at at the end of the day man it's it's all the same Mm -hmm. i mean there are things you know there are benefits and stuff joining different branches navy air force all that stuff i mean the air force you're not you're not on the front lines per se like with a rifle but you know there's they have units in and you know like um they're called the pjs the para jumpers or something like that there's special forces they're they're um branch yeah you know they they do some real deal stuff but um 
but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, it's just, you know, like I said, it's just, you know, you get a job at Lowe's, you hate Home Depot. Hmm. You know, I, you know, I, yeah, you know, you work I, at McDonald's, you gotta hate Burger King. Yeah, you know exactly. So, I I don't know, I don't know what that is. Why why we think like that? Um, it's so funny that I bring that example. I used to work for Lowe's, mm-hmm. and I hate Home Depot, but now I, I go to Home Depot nonstop. <laughs> you know, I I don't know, I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, man, what was training like? When when you when you when you signed up, mm-hmm. did you go there in shape? Were you preparing? Yeah, I mean, I was an athlete. I mean, growing up, I mean, I wrestled since I was in sixth grade. Um, I played football. I wasn't a very good football player, but I played. But I would say, you know, I was ready. I mean, if I had to compare basic training versus wrestling practice, wrestling mm-hmm. practice by far harder, way harder. So physically, physically, way harder. And you know what? Sometimes mentally, you know, I tell people all the time. At wrestling least, yeah you know at least you got to drink water in in the army you know when we would have practices i mean they they shut the water fountain off i mean it was like crazy crazy hot practicing 100 degree weather or temperatures and stuff yeah. and um you know that's what we did and you know i felt prepared <clears throat> you know for um for the army but man my my whole again i can't do anything easy anything easy I, um, I was supposed to leave. So I signed up and I was supposed to leave September 11th, mm-hmm. 2001. So we all know what happened September 11th, 2001. Yeah. Um, I was in fifth grade. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I was 17 years. No, I was just turned 18 years old. Yeah. Sitting in a waiting room at MEPS where like you go and you do your final paperwork, you swear in, you do all that stuff. I'm sitting there watching the big screen. And I just see like this, and I swore in. Hmm. And uh, you swore in the same day. Yeah, I swore in the same day. I was leaving that day. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so I swore in that day, and um, I um, I just see this plane, you know, hit the tower, and I'm sitting there like, what the hell's going on? Like, you know, CNN and all this stuff's like going on, and all of a sudden, like they're filming it, and then you see that second one hit live, and I was like, what the fuck is going on now? And you still don't know what's going on, but it, it, it's not it's an accident. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. You know, um, so all of a sudden the SWAT team comes in, they shut down the building. We got to go, you know, the escorts back to our hotel room. And, um, and I left September 16th, September 16th. Did you have any, any reconsiderations, any doubts in your head to be like, you nothing was, was like, Hey, no, I, I was, <laughs> I was uh I was ready, man. I, I I was always I was always somebody who who was ready for the challenge, ready to do something different. Um, you know, my mom was hysterical. You know, because the whole time I'm telling, like, you know, we're we're in peacetime. Yeah. You know, we're not going to war. We're not going to war. And all of a sudden, like that happens. And you know, I go to use the phone. Back in the day, you know, there's a whole wall of payphones. Payphones. You know, shout out to payphones. Um, <laughs> And, um, you know, I'm calling my mom, she's crying, all this stuff. So I go back home and, um, and then, yeah, I leave, I leave the 16th of September. And then once you leave, that's all you hear about is going to war and this and that and all that stuff. Um, you weren't scared? No, no. I, and it's not like I'm this macho tough guy. It's just yeah, because it didn't happen yet. And I, I wasn't, I'm the kind of person like, 
you know, there's no use to being, you know, there's no reason to be scared of it if you're not in it yet. You know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm always good on my feet to adjust mm. and um, handle a situation. Um, but, you know, it got real. It got real when I land, when, <laughs> when they put, so the armies, they're, they're, they're a classic group of people. So you go, you go to this, uh, when, when you fly in, um, yeah. we flew into Oklahoma and you go to like this, um, you know, this base where it's, um, you know, you, you get like your, a card, like a debit card. You got to buy running shoes and you got to buy this and that. Yeah. They don't supply that. No, you got to get your haircut, um, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then, then they take you to the training facility of the base and they load you in these cattle cars. So they throw, you know, 50 people in these cattle cars. And like you're standing there next to, you know, it's just bummer. Yeah, squishing. You can't sit down. Can of sardines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they drive you to the base. And then when you open the doors, you just got, you know, 10 drill sergeants in your ass screaming at you. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is happening now. You know, so, um, and then you go out, you run out, and then you have all your bags with you. And you got to like dump out your bags, stuff like that. And then they make you hold out your bag. Like, you know, straight out and you got to keep it out and take one thing out, one thing out and your shoulders are burning and it's just, it's just right away. They're fucking with you. And, um, that's when I'm like, okay, like this is getting real. Mm. Um, and again, it's like, you're going to war, you know, you better be prepared, this and that. And, um, you know, that, that was just, that was a feeling of, um, how can I put that? It was a really surreal feeling, you know, but again, I grew up and I got to credit wrestling for this. Like I grew up putting myself in stressful situations mentally because man, you know, I, I would, you know, practices were brutal, brutal. And, um, you know, I get through them every day, every day, every day I would have that, Yeah, you know, and, uh, I had people yelling at me nonstop. No, when I was a kid. So a lot of that stuff wasn't anything new, but you're not in your bubble anymore. That's, that's the difference. There's something, there's something special about sports in high school and the collegiate level. Even, even if you play them in, the mid, in middle school as a kid or whatever. Yeah. The fact that, you know, a lot of times I, I heard my coaches tell me um, football is the game of life. Yeah. But, you know, we're all athletes. Like, we don't know, we don't know the psychological impact yeah. sports does for us mentally the discipline yeah the, the showing showing elders respect showing people respect yeah like we don't understand that until like later up I, down the road yeah and i think sports are are they're they're good and they're a bad thing mm -hmm. i think um sports are good to help develop respect yeah. you know a work ethic and stuff yeah. like that but i've seen kids grow up praised just on their athletic ability yeah. and they are allowed to get away with things because of their oh, athletic ability. ability. Yeah. And all of a sudden now you've got this person who thinks that they're better than everybody or they can get away with this stuff because of that. And I think we, we today, we breed a lot of kids, you know, even a lot of kids that may not have anything. They, they, you know, they want to be that next sports superstar. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents push way, way too hard for that. And the whole values that 
good coaches are doing is just throwing out the window because it's just like hmm. I want to get to that you know I want to be the best gymnast or I want to be the best you know the, the next LeBron or so you know whatever yeah and um, you know same thing with you know all sports mm-hmm. and um, that that can get toxic quick yeah you know but um but thank God I was I was in a situation in a program that that developed that and actually you know I went back and I coached with uh, one of my former head coaches mm-hmm. and I coached his sons. Oh, wow. yeah. And it was, and That's weird. yeah, it is weird, but it was a phenomenal feeling that I got to give back, um, to them. And, um, cause I looked up to, to their dad as being one of the greatest human beings on the planet. And he still is. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, he was a superstar to me and everything he did, I did, you know, and to this day I coach like him and, uh, yeah. And, and it's so funny that one day I was really, really sick um, and I couldn't be at practice one day. And mm-hmm. someone told his son, who so I was coaching at the time, I was like, you know, he, Coach Marcel's going to be here today. He's sick. One of his kids was like, he's not going to be here. Well, he, he doesn't get sick. And I'm just like, his kids are looking at me like I looked at their dad, you know, and it, it's weird how that, how that happens. And, um, but, you know, I think that's a good thing because the, those two kids are going to go pass it on to somebody else. Yeah. I think that's what it's all about. But man, I'm, I'm from an area too, especially in wrestling and fo- wrestling and football in Ohio. They're, they're absolutely insane. Yeah. They're out of their mind. Yeah. Man. You know, and even Florida down here, football is, is absolutely crazy. And it's even worse it's too. Intense. Yeah. Because you can go anywhere you want now. Yeah. You know, and go to school and transfer and all that stuff. And it's just, I heard about that new rule. Yeah. It's crazy. So you could play for, any team you want, like you could transfer like within the middle of the season. That that I don't know. I I think you might have to start the school year out, or you may have to sit out a couple games. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I don't know. But I do know you can go pretty much anywhere you want. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So nine eleven happens. You get shipped out the sixteenth. Yep. When do they tell you, hey, we're going to war? Or as did, soon did you, as you step foot on. Oh, so it was just the automatic. Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Yeah. Automatically. Oh, yeah. That's all they're screaming about. All we're, they're screaming. We're going to war. Yeah. I didn't know where, what, who, you know, you know, because you, I, I didn't know anything. Excuse me. I, I just knew. I just knew somebody wrecked planes into the tower. I didn't know they were Saudi. I didn't know if they were, you know. American, I didn't know if they were Asian, whoever. Yeah. Asian, yeah. You know, I didn't know if a bunch of people from Japan yeah. got pissed off again and wanted, you know, to finish yeah. Pearl Harbor. You know, I had no idea. Um, but um, I, knew, I knew something was going to happen. So it was, basic training was 16 weeks? 16 weeks. Yeah. And, you know, you do your basic training, you know, stuff like that. And, and that was the defining moment in my life was basic training for multiple things. One to see how tough I was mentally. And I found out I was pretty tough mentally. Mm-hmm. Physically, you know, I wasn't wasn't the toughest guy in the room, but I also wasn't the weakest. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I was very young, very young and immature. How old were you? Just turned 18. Just turned 18. Just turned eight, yeah. So um that's pretty tough for an 18 year old. Yeah. And physically, I, I was I was smaller then, um, 
I was a lot prettier too, but, but I was just, I was very small. Um, and then the diversity that's, how was the environment? That was the most shocking thing of, of it all. If I'm going to be honest, Hmm. that was the thing where I'm like, okay, I'm around a bunch of people. I'm not normally around, you know, um, you know, (laughs) <laughs> shout, shout out to Ba, but uh, I, I, you know, one of my good friends who um, I, you know, I became friends with, you know, he was uh, he was from somewhere in Africa. I think it's from the Congo. Mm. He's from the Congo, man. And you know, I mean, and um, and it was just like, not only was you know he from you know no one was he black, but you know he's from a different part of the world. The world, yeah. You know, and you got to experience that, and then you know, it was just it was a. That was a whole new chapter in my life, mm. and it was great. It was great, and I got I got to learn about myself and about others, and you know, and, and how um, sheltered I was, you know, and um, and it it was so much. It was so much fun, man. It was it was a it was a very very fun learning process. Mm. Um, you know, it sucked at times for you know the army half of it, you know, but. You know, as far as the people, it, it was great. Um, Did you make friends quick? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I made friends quick. I don't, I don't talk to any of those guys anymore. I mm-hmm. lost contact with all of them. Um, I know one guy. Um, he went to special forces, and he's doing. I don't know what he's doing now, but I know he's doing big things. I mm-hmm. mean, he 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 won some award. I know he was saved a bunch of people. At, you know, getting shot at, pulling guys out. You know off the ground carrying them that I mean it just you know being a G.I. Joe. Yeah. Um but um yeah I think I made friends quick. Mm-hmm. You know. Because it was like a brotherhood, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah, it it was. It really was. Um and you got each other's backs and you know and stuff like that. On um, the same team. Yeah. So um you know in basic training, you know, it was filled with, you know, what you would think shooting, marching, you know, all that stuff. Um Gas chamber. You say you say basic training, right? Mm-hmm. So is there like a is there an advanced training? Yeah. So you you do your basic training that everybody, whether you're in the reserves mm-hmm. as a cook, you're in the you're in the full time army as a radar person, you're in you know whatever admin, yeah. you're all doing the same thing for that first nine nine weeks. 10 weeks, something like that, you know, that's how to shine your boots, how to organize your clothes in your locker, how to make your bed, how to shoot a rifle, how to throw a grenade, how Mm -hmm. to, you know, use your gas mask, do the gas chamber, how to, um, little people think, you know, you learn all this hand to hand combat stuff. That's bullshit. Mm. A few like stuff like that, uh, road marches, um, some land nav stuff, you know, just the basics, all that. Then, you go into um, your job, your mm-hmm. job training. And that's where you learn, you know, what you're going to do. And I did artillery. So mm-hmm. um, since there's two types of artillery, we, you know, we learned both. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and then when was that? So I went September. And actually, this was the biggest surprise. So I went September, October, November. They shipped us back home for christmas mm-hmm. for like a week for like break i'm surprised they did i'm like the hell i thought this was the army this wasn't college like mm-hmm. 
you know, so. How was, um, how was that? How was your trip back? It was good, man. It was good. You know, I, I, could, I was, I was going to probably get into that, you know, when, when I got out, but it was kind of the same thing, man. You know, like when you, when you live in a small town, the armed services are such a big deal. It's a very patriotic town where I'm from. You know, it's that Joe the plumber, like, you know, just like, you know, that, that America, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure there's probably a lot of people wearing red hats right now. Um, you know, but, um, you just, you just kind of, you, you feel like a rock star, man. You feel like, God, I made the right choice here. Like, yeah. these people care. And, um, and then, um, and then we went back and I did my job. Mm. And then I got to go back again, um, a little break between um, my job. And it was, um, it's good, man. It, it was good. It was, you know, hanging out with your friends and you kind of, you go to college, because my friends are in college. Yeah. You go, uh, you know, they went to university, a lot of them went to University of Cincinnati, where I graduated from eventually. Um, you know, you go to the parties and like, you're, you're kind of the odd, the oddball there, but it's like you're also kind of the celebrity there mm -hmm. in a way. Um, and, you know, you just look different. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're in shape. Your hair is short. Uh, you know? Were you wearing uniform? No, no, it wasn't that good. <laughs> Man, I want to choke slam this, those people. It's Why? Because like, they do it for attention. It's oh, like, yeah? yes, if you see anybody out in their uniform mm -hmm. past, you know, five o'clock, they're doing it for some kind of attention. You don't need to fly in it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to do any of that. People just do it just to say, "Look at me! Look what I look what yeah. I look what I'm doing! Look what I've done!" Yeah. So, um, so there's yeah. So you go you basically do your job, and then you go to your duty station. I was stationed in Fort Benning, Georgia, in Columbus, mm. Columbus, Georgia. All right. Um, you know, I think that's two hours away, two and a half hours away from um, Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's where that's that's where it all started, man. Hmm. Uh, that's where I met friends for life who I still talk to this day. Um, I found out who I really am, who I really wasn't. And I felt like I was, I felt like I've been like five or six different people in my life. Really? Mm -hmm. I wish I would have brought pictures to show you some of the photos of me when I was in Fort Benning, Georgia. I mean, I had the full on Echo sweatsuit. Yeah. With the Echo watch. <laughs> with the shell toes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. my God. Yeah. But you got to go through that, though, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, um, I mean, the day I got there, I got in trouble for getting so drunk with this guy. So it's such a small world. I get there, and, uh, and you know, my dad drove me down mm -hmm. Super Bowl Sunday. And so he's missing the Super Bowl. We get there, and I meet a guy from Cincinnati, and his cousin, I dated a little bit and went to my same school. Hmm. So such a small world. Again, I'm still around that, that piece of home, yeah. you know, it, it's like it never left. Um, so I get with this guy. It's like, I'm back, you know, in Cincinnati, we get out of our mind wasted. You know, they call Cincinnati nasty natty. So we just write nasty, nasty natty, natty on the walls. And the next morning we get, what do we have to do? I think we had to clean. Um, the offices for like a week or something like that. So, oh, but when I got there, mm -hmm. I met our first sergeant. So the first sergeant's basically the guy in charge of your unit, mm -hmm. um, your um, your uh, platoon, not your platoon, your um, shit, 
uh, your uh, battery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's a group of like three or four platoons. Um, guy, old school guy from Boston. And I met him. I walked in the door and he's like, let me tell you something, motherfucker. I've been stabbed 27 times, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going like, oh my God, who the fuck is this guy? And I'm like, okay, first Sergeant Doherty, straight from Boston. What the hell? Like yeah. that? I don't know if you ever saw Jarhead. Yeah. 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 Well, what? Yeah. So, so yeah, that he came at me Jimmy like Fox that. Style. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, all right, man. So, um, and then I met, I met my buddy and then we, we, you know, we got blackout drunk and, um, and yeah, and then again, and it all went from there. And then I met my other buddy came in, he was from Columbus, Ohio. Um, and then, um, there was a lot of people from Ohio, my unit actually. Hmm. Um, so, um, that's where like it all began where I would, I would kind of go back and say that was the start of my life. Um, not that all the other stuff didn't mean anything, but who I am today, I think that's where it all started. Hmm. You know, I, I, um, I kind of got the tools before that and that's where I really started putting them to work to find out what worked, what didn't work, who I was, who I wasn't good things to do, bad things to do, Hmm. um, develop terrible habits, develop, you know, some good habits, not many, a lot of bad habits. Um, because you're so young by yourself in a group of a, a, a group of guys that chose to do something a lot different, mm-hmm. not only in their career, but the career within the career of being combat arms. And, you know, they're not your dad. They're not your, your family member. So they're not over you going, man, you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's, it was like a free for all mm-hmm. when I, when I got there. Um, cause I was in a crazy group, a crazy platoon or a, a battery, um, of people, man. And, um, and that's like kind of that, that's where like, yeah, I attribute a lot of, a lot of good and bad things today. <laughs> um, but again, you know, it continued all my life to, to learn, mm-hmm. you know, because I was the minority for a change yeah. for three years. And I, that was a, that was a good thing. Mm. Um, you know, you know, now I go back and look, I remember seeing, you know, how everybody has those flags. Yeah. I remember seeing those like Haitian flags everywhere. And I had no idea mm. what the hell that was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I look back now, like, man, I was around a lot of Haitian people, <laughs> you know? Um, and, um, yeah. and, uh, and I hate this one Jamaican guy. Um, he was a, he was in charge of one of the platoons. He was so funny, man. Um, but, um, you know, I was around and lived with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that was a really, really probably the most important yeah. thing in my life mm-hmm. was to be around that and learn how to, how to, um, accept, accept yeah. and, and how to, um, be myself too. Like, you know, I, I, I see, I see this way too often and i'll just use this example because it's it's the easiest and honestly i think it's the it's the most um it's probably the most um truthful but you know you know when someone's uncomfortable being around say black people Mm -hmm. because you notice the way they talk changes 
they try to talk a little bit smoother or I know what you're you know what about. I'm saying? Yeah. And and it, you know that person and you know it's awkward. Yeah. When you see that and like, motherfucker, you don't talk like that. You know, it's like um I'm happy you recognize yeah, that. And it's it's like um what's that off of um um uh Mike Epps mm. when uh that guy's walk he's like, Yeah, that guy's walking around with this girl and he's like, you know, what's up, brother? How's everything good? God is great. He's like, when his girl's not around, he's like, Where the bitch is at? You know? I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, called the hat at home his C D. Yeah. Um that's one of the greatest stuff of a stand-up ever. Where the bitch is at. Um But yeah, but you know, you you can learn to be yourself around other people and not conform, mm. but still accept and and Enjoy each other's differences. And also, man, I've never made fun and, and had and been made fun of, of cultures and all that stuff. And all, man, like racism, it wasn't racism, but it was okay to, to, to poke fun at each other for being different. You know, yeah. you know, our, our buddy, you know, who was, um, um, I think it was from Mexico. You know, saying like, hey, dude, what are you doing? You selling oranges this week? And I was <laughs> like, that wasn't bad. It was just, yeah. you know, we were all together and like. You we, understood each we, other. We understood each other. And yeah. we could do that because we understood each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and um, that's that's what it was. Yeah. And uh, you can't do that when you get out. Um, you can't you can't talk like that when you're out. Yeah. Uh, when you're in, it, it was it was different. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. Um but yeah, I mean, it allowed you to kind of be yourself and and find out who you really are, and and to really take away um, a lot of um, not gonna say fear, but stigma, stereotypes, st- stigma, stereotypes, and also, man, I, you know, the, the guys I was around, and I was around a lot of a lot of black Southern guys mm. from the Georgia area, yeah, um, Louisiana, yeah, and man, just I, I could tell stories for days, but man. Just the, the, every morning, it was like on Fridays, every Friday, there was this bar, um, it, 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 there was this bar on Thursdays, it was called Tux. Mm. It was only called Tux on Thursdays. Mm. It was like conformed to this bar on Thursdays. I don't forget what it was originally, but it would turn into Tux. And it was like the stories they would tell and the way they would tell these stories. I'm like, and these guys are fucking hilarious. This is fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, you know, and they get me in on it and it was just like, man, it was, it was good to experience this, you know. Cause the, the way I grew up, man, people didn't, you know, they wouldn't talk like that or act like that. And, yeah. you know, and actually some of that would be viewed as, is bad or uneducated. Yeah. And, and it was like, you no know, man, everyday people like you and me yeah. having a good time and having fun. Yeah. Some of the best memories of my life, man. Oh, and, man. and they're actually having um, a reunion, October uh, 27th, Halloween weekend that I'm trying to go to nice. and see all those clowns. I can't wait. Are you going to go? I, I'm, 99% sure I'm going, but yeah, too, man. Yeah, I got to see if um I got a buddy who's going to go with me. But it's it's going to be a blast. But um go, going back to going back to showing up at Fort Benning, um that that was an experience, you know, I mean, that was um making friends and and learning like your job. Mm-hmm. And um and learning how to like and you, it, not you, you kind of learn how to problem solve on your own. You can't run the mom and dad to talk about problems that you're having because they're not going to understand what's going on. Exactly. You know, they don't know. And you learn how to confide in somebody and, and develop a relationship mm-hmm. with somebody and um, you know talk about you know 
how to do this, you know, how to do that or what happens with here. Like, you know, how do, how do you act when this happens? You know, all that kind of stuff. And you, you, you form your own little group. And we had like a group of six or seven guys that I was really, really close with that for the most part, I still talk to this day. Um, but man, when I first got there, it was fucking shenanigans. I mean, dude, just drinking non. What's up with that? Like, I know, I noticed majority of guys who leave the military branch or any who leave the military, they, they like drinking. Cause there's nothing else to do. Military, military bases. They're, they're not in the most desirable areas. They're not. And smack dab West Palm Beach, you know, for the army. I mean, I, I could be wrong. There are bases that, you know, you go to San Francisco, the mm-hmm. Navy's got stuff like that. But like, you know, I, I went to basic training in Fort Sill, Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Lawton, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. There was nothing in Lawton, Oklahoma besides bad weather and like, you know, um, uh, uh, what do you call the Indian um, uh, tribes? Anyway, it's mm-hmm. a lot of Seminole stuff, whatever. Um, Indian like casinos and stuff like that. Um, and then, um, then in Columbus, Georgia, Columbus, Georgia is not bad, but it's a military town Mm -hmm. and you got to go North if you want to go anywhere or go Auburn, like a story about Auburn, (laughs) um, we're going to like, you know, go an hour, I think an hour and a half to Auburn, something like that. Um, but you go to Atlanta and party and stuff like that. And, um, but there's just nothing to do, man. And, and that's all. And it's kind of like being in the projects in a way. Like, you know, that Dave Chappelle skit, you know, he's in the limo. And he's like, I knew I was in a project because I saw gun store, liquor store, gun store, liquor store. store you know? yeah. and, and that's what it's like around those areas, man. It's a lot close to the base. It's just a lot of like dry cleaners, liquor store, you know, check cashing, you know, shit like that. Just strip strip clubs that everywhere. Victory Drive. It was like strip clubs and Wendy's. I mean, That's that was it. it. Yeah. And um Holy smokes. Yeah. So, you know, and, and you're young, you had no one to tell you what you do. And you're you you're with your friends. And it's like being in a fraternity. You know, you're just drinking non nonstop. Just to pass the time. Just to pass the time. And I also think in a way in a weird way, it helps everybody kind of get away, get away and, and actually kind of get, get to know each other a little bit more too. Mm. Cause you're around strangers Yeah. later on in life. It's different. But like initially, man, like I don't know any of those people. I know where you're from. We got, you know, we got some uh, things in, um, uh, what, am, what am I looking for? Um, things in common, mm-hmm. you know, being where we're from. But other than that, it's like, I don't know. You I still don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you get drunk and, you know, put the guards down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you just terrorize Columbus, Georgia. And I mean, I, I, I've just, I look back and I, I can't believe how much I used to drink and how much I've watched people, you know, blow their entire check on alcohol because you can eat for free. You know, wow. Yeah, you can get three meals a day for free in the commissary, or not commissary, the um, cafeteria or whatever. Um, and it's not bad food. Yeah. Um, so you can go eat there for free, but man, you sit there and watch guys. And I've, I, I watch it now, I look back, and I didn't, I'm not saying I was innocent, but I didn't get into all the, you know, 
drinking until, you know, you pass out. Um, that you know, wasn't at, you. at work. Well, I'm talking like during the day. There's some people doing that day like, drinking. Dur- yeah, and you know, and then going out, going to the 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 shady strip clubs. Yeah, and you know, pick, man, this one guy <laughs> from <laughs> I like a good story from Columbus, Georgia. Um, his cousin, I believe, was one of the guys with Little John at the time. What? Um, yeah. And, um, you know, he was dating this, he was dating this girl and he'd ride around in her huge SUV. And, and like, first of all, everything was huge in the 2000s, man. Mm-hmm. I look at the way I look at hip hop. First of all, I feel like, I feel like somebody who grew up in Compton when, um, um, NWA came out. Hmm. So, because when I was in Georgia, man, that was when Little John and all the, and Luke the Cri- Side Boys, dude, yeah. it was a culture that yeah, you, you could right. only experience once in life. Yeah, and oh my god, man, that explains the Echo Suit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, and that's all I listened to was just bad rap. Little John, Luke Chris yeah. is okay, but like Little John, who I love, I still love it. He's still fun, but like <laughs> Little John, Bone Crusher. Yeah. Um, uh, who else was in the mix then? T.I. when he first came out with yeah. Rubber Band, man. I mean, yeah. like, dude, all that stuff, that man. It was like, yeah. And it was like, everybody had a, a, a tall white tee down yep. to their ankles. Franchise boys. And, yeah, franchise boys. <laughs> Jermaine Dupree. Like, had all that stuff. I mean, it was, and then everything was big. Everybody had, they had the big box SUVs and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But, um, so he was from Columbus and um, he, he would drive this, this huge Infinity SUV. And I'm like, what were you doing, man? It's, oh, man, just, just driving around trolling for the Jays. I'm like, the Jays? Yeah, junkies. Just get a little top and move on. I'm like, dude, you using condoms? like, no, nah, man, I'm just getting head. I'm like, dude, you can still get yeah. STDs, man. It's like, really? I'm like, yeah, man. Like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Wow. But it was just like shit like that. Like, I learned a lot. And a lot of it was like I learned what not to do. Yeah. And, um. And it was just like random shit like that, man. And, um, you know, people like, you know, we would go to, we would go to the clubs in Atlanta. And again, man, going to Atlanta at that time when, um, uh, Buckhead mm-hmm. was the shit, man. Hmm. And, and it was, they shut all that shit down now, but it was fucking wild, man. It was like, I've never seen other than New Orleans, you know, I've never been to New Orleans, but you know, I, I, I know what it, I've seen what it's like. Yeah. But it's just like the party's not in the clubs; it's in the streets too. Yeah. And um, you know, we had guys go up there, shooting up the club, wearing you know vests like they're Fifty Cent, you know, and um, it, it was just it was fucking madness, man. Golly, it was madness. And but that's that's what it was, you know. You had a bunch of guys that were ready to go to war, mm-hmm. and they were. And they were just kind of the, loaded on testosterone. Yeah, man, loaded on testosterone <laughs> and alcohol, man. And it, it it was it was it was crazy. Oh man. Um, and you know we all like lived together in like these dorms too. Yeah. And it was just like nonstop, dude. There'd be fights and wrestling matches out in the hallways nonstop. I mean, it was just fucking chaos. Golly, you know. So um, well, so like when when did did you ever get sh- shipped to Iraq or Afghanistan or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, so. So in 2002, how long were you, how long did you serve? 
I served for three years. Three years. 2001 right. to 2004. All right. Um, I went to Kuwait. Um, when did I go to Kuwait first? If I got there in December, I think I got there. We left in May mm-hmm. or something like that. Left in May. Um, and we went to Kuwait for about a year. Mm-hmm. That was that was an experience, you know. Um, it it was it was definitely it was definitely weird. First of all, I thought we were gonna fly in this like stealth plane to go, you know, over the Kuwait. Man, we're flying commercial. We're flying Delta. Really over there, yeah. And uh, you know, we're flying Delta with our with M16s in our hand. You know, it's, they it was, let you guys on the plane with M16s. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was it like a specialized you had, plane? You had you didn't have ammo on you and you had to have your firing bolt like in your pocket. That's what it was, I think. Um so um so we we flew over to Kuwait and then we go to this base and I'll never forget this. We get there late at night and we go to this base. We we didn't take our equipment. We used equipment that was over there. Mm-hmm. And we go, we get our, we get our equipment. I was in the mechanized unit. I was a driver. Mm-hmm. I was a driver and I did a little bit. It was called like number one man mm-hmm. guy who uh, puts the rounds in and mm-hmm. fires them and stuff like that. But mostly I drove mm-hmm. and you, you get your equipment. So I'm driving uh, and you know, we get it and we got to drive onto these big tractor trailers. So you drive, you truck in this big tractor trailer and then you got to go. We went like an hour somewhere else. But you're riding with like this random Pakistani guy, you know, for an hour and a half. And I'm just thinking in my life, like, what the hell am I doing right now? Like, you know, and they give you one clip of ammunition. So I got 30 rounds. And I'll never forget, I had my, I had my rifle just sitting right there, pointing at this guy, leaning up the window, like trying to sleep, but yet like trying to stay awake. Because, again, I, I was so young and dumb. At that time, I'm thinking anybody who's Arab could be a terrorist at that point. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that's what you they, get caught that's up. What they, yeah, you get caught up in that hype. Yeah. And um, now I look back, I should have just passed out. That guy wasn't there. I get guy was there to make money. Same time, things. you never know. Yeah. So, um, so it's like a double edged sword for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's weird. So, and then we go to our base, um, and base is out in the middle of nowhere, um, and we're in these tents. We got there. Oh, it was August. So April, May, June. I think we left. We left in June because we didn't have AC until August, I think. So we were out in the fucking desert with no air conditioning in our tents. It was, it was terrible because they were just you, building it. Did, did they force you? I know in, uh, Jarhead's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. Did they like make you guys dress up in all this gear and go out in the desert and run and chug water they make you chug water they they, no we didn't run but we had to like put on it's called mop four um it's full battle like full chemical uh gear so you got to put on the gloves the mask the suit the boots Mm -hmm. all that stuff and it's it's hot man um and um you know got to learn how to fire you got to shoot your weapon learn how to shoot your weapon with that and there's this actual setting on it on a excuse me on a m16 where it's it's a really small hole and then it's a big hole and mm-hmm. you use the you flip it to the big hole when you're wearing your mask because you don't have great vision. Mm-hmm. So um, so then you go um, so we went to our base and um, you know and you just kind of learn how to live and like you know 
you you walk to the the to the chow hall, you know, get your food served by somebody random in like these tins and it's and then it starts to sink in. It's like, okay, like we're I'm in I'm in a weird place right now. And um but you learn to adapt, man. And 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 try and, and the army does try to bring some like some back home stuff, some normalcy, like, you know, there's like a trailer where you can buy snacks and all that stuff. And, um, and, and basically what we did there was, um, we trained after we got settled with all that stuff, we started training. So basically you're doing fire missions, meaning, you know, shooting targets from, you know, far away. Um, I couldn't even tell you it's so bad. I don't know how far we could shoot, how, how far howitzer could shoot. I think it's 30 miles. Um, it's going to bug me if I don't know. But we were, uh, we were, tra- you know, doing all sorts of. Um, were you a good shot? Uh, no. I, well, I wasn't a bad shot, um, but I wasn't a great shot. Like, I don't think I was expert marksman. Mm-hmm. I think I was, I forget the levels. Um, I forget the levels um, that, um, that it was. But, um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a bad shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a buddy who was, who was on it, man. Like what, what, like those, those, those people who rank as marksmen. 14 miles. 14 miles. Yeah. 14 miles. Yeah. Those people who rank marksmen. Yeah. Are they out there like everyday shooting or is it just like a gift? Man, you know, I, I don't know. I think you got some some good old boys using that Kentucky windage, you know, shooting <laughs> rifles. And you got some people that just, I, they, they just got that gift. Um, you know, my buddy was a phenomenal shot. And he grew up in the suburbs of Cincinnati. And I, I, I don't know if he shooting a shooting a rifle when he was home. Um, but, you know, they teach you how to do it. But, you know, I was good at... Um, I had a grenade launcher on mm. an M203 on my um on my weapon. Mm-hmm. I was pretty good at that. I could I could sink that into a window or a truck bed. And, yeah. But um it took a while but you know it, it was fun. I loved having it. Um but um you know a lot of a lot of people too they um I don't think they took it as serious, you know, cuz we were artillery. We weren't we weren't on the front lines using our weapons all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't think a lot of people really cared. They just wanted to pass. Yeah. You know? Um, and honestly, a lot of the guys I was around, they just, they wanted to pass. They didn't give a shit if they were expert or whatever. They can throw a grenade so far, you know, they just didn't give a shit. Um, but there was a competition on who could be uh, the top gun. Um, and we were the top gun like, a couple times. We had a really good crew, but it was like, you could shoot the fastest, the act most accurate, yeah. you know, um, um, knowledge on what things were, uh, how clean your vehicle was, stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, how well it was maintained. And, um, you know, that was kind of the big thing with, with our job was yeah. being the top gun. Um, so, um, so yeah, so we, we trained for about a year. Um, and then what was cool about that is, we trained and we got some R and R, and there was this base. I don't think it's there anymore. The, the, you mentioned R and R. Yeah. What is that? Rest and relaxation. It, I thought. I thought. Explain. Explain that process. I thought R and R was just for the people who uh, who get discharged 
after the mission has been accomplished. I don't know if I'm using the terminology correctly. No, no, that would be, that would be leave. That would be, um, oh shit. What was that called? Um, I forget. Basically just leave. Um, R and R. Yeah. Cause they use that in the movies a lot. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about R and R is just basically a short break in your deployment. And, um, there was this base called camp camp Doha. Yeah. And you know, they had the better food. They had real food. They had um, washers and dryers, and you can you can do your laundry there. Um, they had an area where they had like playstations and stuff like that. You can do that. Watch TV. Get on the internet. Use a computer. Use the phone. <laughs> that was a big one. Oh man! You know, big thing. They were stacking up call, calling cards like crazy. So, like the way you, the way you're, you're describing it. It, it really was like a, a sense of normalcy. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you could do all that stuff. You could hear it in your voice. Yeah. And then you can, I believe during, yeah, during R&R, we could wear civilian clothes. Wow. Yeah. So you could wear civilian clothes too. Um, is, there, is there a stripping of identity when you're entering the military? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why they shave your head and do all that stuff to, yeah. know, to, to take everything away from you. Yeah. You're in the suits all day. Yeah. Yeah, in the uniform. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, they they definitely do that. But and then, then that's funny you say that because when we were allowed to wear our civilians, it's like that's when you saw who that person was, mm. you know, by the way they dressed or you know whatever. And um, and and it was funny too because because you can go out and get clothes too because they you could go into town in Kuwait. Quite a beautiful place, actually. Mm-hmm. It is full of nothing but rich people. I watched somebody fly 100 miles an hour, total their bins, get out, walk away, and like, you know. Nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. It's just like, it's, and I believe, I don't know how true this is, I, I was told that if you graduate college in Kuwait, your debt's paid for. All debt. What? Not just college, but I think all debt. All debt? Yeah. That's interesting. So. Um, but beautiful malls, all everything in gold. I mean, uh, and there was like this little, um, um, this little uh, market, this little market where you can go buy stuff. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget the Bling Bling Brothers. The Bling Bling Brothers. Bling Bling Brothers. They got to be on the, I, I think, yeah, right here. Bling Bling Brothers, Kuwait. They have a page. Uh, I don't know, but that's, that's it. The Bling Bling Brothers. Go to the Bling Bling Brothers. For you, I'll give you a price. That's, that's all it was. Yeah, for you, I'll give you that price. Everything was for, for you or this and that. Um, on, they, I wonder if they have a, a YouTube. The Bling Bling Brothers. Yeah, genuinely. <laughs> oh, man. Um. I don't know. I can't, I can't, that's some random video, but yeah. So you go to the markets and stuff like that and buy, you know, fake Rolexes and yeah. oh, I was loaded on fake Rolexes, boy. <laughs> Fuck, fucking <laughs> up the arm of fake Rolexes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they break three weeks later. Yeah. But, um, um, you know, we do that. And then there was something that was really cool was one of the, uh, Royal family let us use their mansion and they gave us like jet skis and catered. I mean, they were tossing out cig- packs of cigarettes like they were candy. To be, I mean, it was cra- anything but alcohol. Yeah. And actually, I don't. No, there was no alcohol, but I don't know if you could even drink in Kuwait. Why? I don't know. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I don't think you could. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, but um, but but they they Kuwait was definitely you you know what I think you could because Kuwait was the the less strict I guess of the Islamic culture than the the surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, but um, but yeah, they gave us like two weeks I think. You know, riding jet skis and doing stuff like that. That was a great time. Go back to training. And then we came back, I think. I'm so bad with dates, man. Um, I'm getting old. I think we came back in... We came back in November. I think so. So we came back in November. And then, Did anything happen in Kuwait, though? No. No. It, it was all training. It was all training. Nothing happened in Kuwait. Um, we We just trained and fought and each other yeah. um you know made fun of each other um just typical bullshit yeah just out in the desert yeah so you know there's rumors going around that we were gonna do this and that and all that so we came back home mm-hmm. came back i'll never forget this we came back home yeah we came back home in november mm-hmm. thanksgiving we were home for 30 days and we deployed again. Hmm. I'll never forget January 10th, we deployed. Um, I got a story about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so we had 30 days to go home. And then we, when we came back, we got like a couple of days off. Then when we had this big um, brigade meeting. So a brigade would be, uh, to compare it, Okay, if we're talking sports, the mm-hmm. NFL, it would be the commissioner of the NFL talking to every sports team mm-hmm. at once. Yeah. You know, we're all in the NFL. So, that, you know, we're all, but there's different teams and, you know. Yeah. And within a team, there's offense, defense, special teams. And yeah. That's kind of how the military is. So the whole thing got us together and they're like, we're, we're going to war. We're, we're deploying to go to war, um, you know, soon. And they gave us leave. Um, for like 30 days and that was 30 days of debauchery i mean it was like going home drinking doing whatever you wanted i mean was there a fear that came with that no man everybody was excited it was weird everybody was excited yeah that is a little weird i would have i would you don't think there's like a subconscious meaning to that maybe you going home like getting messed up because maybe the fear of hey i might not make it back maybe no no, I nothing like no, that. No, you you just you, I, maybe you go back and do that stuff because maybe you are a little nervous. I don't know, but it was almost it was an excitement. Mm. It really was because I think because we did all that training for for that year. Yeah, and, and you want that. and you want a little you want a little action, a little practice. That. Yeah, in the game. The yeah, game. you want to you want to <laughs> jump in. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And um, and 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 until you experience it for yourself. You'll always wonder what it's like. And there's a sense of pride in, in the military, too. You know, you have a unit patch. I was in the 3rd Infantry Division. And you, everybody wears their unit patch on your left shoulder. Mm-hmm. If you've been in combat, you wear it on your left shoulder and you wear it on your right shoulder. Everybody wants that combat patch. That's what makes you a man. You mm-hmm. know, you want that combat patch. You want that ranger tab there. Mm-hmm. You know, you want, you know, whatever. Um, so everybody wanted that combat patch. So we came back. 
I'll never forget this. <laughs> so we're we're in a we're in line getting our weapons and all that stuff, and this this kid's behind me. He was new. He was probably a couple months in. Um, and he's just like I see him bouncing around, bouncing around, and he was just like, "Mars says fuck this," and fucking leaves. It goes AWOL. So, um, so then we get our stuff together and, um, and we leave, we go back to that same place to get our vehicles, all that same shit again, go back to, I think we go back to our same base too. And we're there not long. If we left in January, February, March was when the war started. So we probably were there. We were probably there for the majority of January, but then we went to the border of uh, Iraq in February and we invaded our time. It was March 19th and America was March 20th um, was when the war officially. And that's when I, I'll never I'll never forget that feeling when it's like people are telling you it's fucking go time. And then it's like, it hits you, you know, um, cause you know, like three days later, you know, three days before that, I was like, you know, you're still about your bullshit. I was still pissed off. My friend was hoarding Pringles, mm. you know, as can, I didn't get any Pringles, you know, like <laughs> shit like that. You know, I was yeah. like, it wasn't real yet, you know? And then when they say that, you know, it, it, it hits you. It's like, fuck, it's about to happen. And, um, so all of a sudden you got to start arming all your, all your shit, you're arming all your rounds, your ammunition and all that stuff. And, um, and we invaded at night. I was so tired. So you had your mission. I didn't know what the mission was. We mm-hmm. just said we were going mm-hmm. and I just followed whoever was in front of me. So what, what happened was when they said it was go time, you have, um, you have Kuwait in Iraq and in between there's called the buffer zone and the buffer zones, you know, filled with landmines and, and, and barbed wire and bullshit and guard towers. And, um, so what's pretty cool is the engineers like blow a path up and I don't know how they did it there, but I know, um, I know sometimes how they do it. So what they'll do is they have something like this. They take a truck, they shoot this big, big cord and mm-hmm. it lands on the ground like that and it explodes. And it clears all those mines in that path and creates Damn. a path. Yeah. So, um, so they did that and they kind of roped off an area. And I'll remember, I'll never forget this. I was listening to uh, 50 Cent's first album, Get Rich or Die Tr- Yeah, was that that one? And listening to, uh, what's that first song's name? That first song. Um, oh, shit. Um, oh. They, had, they let you guys listen to music? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I had my CD, my CD player right next to me. Um, uh, what's up, gangster? That that's how I invaded Iraq. Fifty cents, get rich or die trying. Dang, listen to that shit. I'll never forget it. So, um, <laughs> why that though? Yeah, it, it just because it was just one of those. Because it was like that song at the time I really liked a lot, and then like you're invading another country, and it's just like getting you amped up. It's yeah. like okay, me and Fifty, we're about to do this right now, <laughs> you know, and um. <laughs> So, you know, I'll never forget, man. I was yeah. driving through this and I was like nodding off. Yeah. Um, you know, almost running <laughs> these landmines and shit. And uh, so we're driving. And, and you're driving this thing. Yeah, I'm driving. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a big, uh, it's like a tank, but 
it's got a bigger tube because yeah. um, it shoots farther and it's, it's a lot bulkier. It tanks a little bit more sexy, mm-hmm. you know, a tank and, um, you know, a tank can put a laser to something and no matter which way that tank turns, that, that barrel will always point towards whatever it is. Yeah. You know, they can shoot, move and communicate a lot faster than, um, artillery can mobilize artillery can. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we drive in a desert, um, and it feels like forever. It's probably two days we drive. Felt like two days. I honestly, I don't really know how long it was. Um, but, but my, that's where I saw my first, um, uh, combat. That's when I had my first combat moment. That's where you had your first mm-hmm. combat moment. Yep. Um, we were taking, uh, incoming artillery fire, um, and mortar fire, mm-hmm. uh, from, from the uh, uh, Republican Guard is what they were called, mm-hmm. Republican Guard, and um, and at the time I think Iraq was like the eighth or sixth biggest army in the world. Mm-hmm. So we're driving and it's like we finally see a stretch of highway, mm-hmm. and that's when we started taking incoming. But as big as they were, it was still amateur hour. You know, you got guys in Nissan trucks shooting mortars off overpasses Mm -hmm. and their artillery is from the Soviet union back in the cold war, Mm -hmm. you know, and you got, I'll never forget this. We were driving and my, uh, and this car is driving into us. Mm. And this is before we knew anything about suicide bombers or any of that shit. You know, I didn't know anything about that. So it's weaving in and out. And I look and one guy has a map and the other guy has a cell phone. And they're trying to give the coordinates. I'm assuming mm-hmm. they're trying to give the coordinates <laughs> to uh, our location yeah. at, to, to hit us because because it was it was going. Um, they were uh, they were uh, what's it called? Uh, ranging us, I guess. Mm-hmm. It would you know if this was us, it would be here, then here, then here. Yeah, it was coming closer. Yeah, so that's when it started getting pretty fucking scary. And um, at that moment. Only thing I knew what to do, I got a camera and I took a picture. And I have a picture of the impact hitting um, in front of us. Not real close to us, but in the distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that disposable camera out and took a picture. Um, and why, 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 why'd you take the picture? I have no idea, man. No idea. Sean, man. Yeah. And, and, and one of our other guys who was Johnny Tough Guy, I mean, he starts, he gets down in the gun and he's starting to cry, you know, grabbing a picture of his wife. And it was like, it was weird to see how everybody reacted in that moment. And you grabbed, grabbed a camera. So you were ahead of time. Yeah. You know, like this nowadays, everybody just grabs a camera and. I was the first Snapchat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was the first Snapchat. Yeah, dude. Um, It it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. And I still, I I forget where that, that picture, I think it might be in my mom's Yeah, You're being dead serious. You just grabbed a a little Kodak or whatever. You just fucking disposable camera and took a picture. Yeah. What was going through your head? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I, I, I was too anxious to be scared. I was nervous. I wasn't scared. I was nervous, Mm -hmm. but Man, I, I I don't know. You don't think about that, man. You you have so much adrenaline going, yeah. And you've been preparing yourself for this that you don't think about um what could happen. Yeah. It's just like you just do it, and you know. And then not to mention, 
I, I hit, so the car's coming. I, I, well, first of all, when it starts coming at first, I take the picture. Mm-hmm. And then the car starts coming. And um, I don't know if it, I did it or, or my buddy, I think it was me. But I blocked, I, like, I, I turned the vehicle to block this car. And my, my first sergeant, out of a fucking Rambo movie, mm-hmm. he's got an M16 in one hand and a pistol in the fucking other hand running down in this fucking vehicle. And, um, and to this day, I don't know what happened to those guys. I don't know if he shot and killed them or what happened because it, it, it happened so quick. And um, I, don't, I don't know what ever happened with those guys. I'm assuming that I'm assuming he shot him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but then, you know, after that, our, our, we, we had radar get their location and shoot and blow them up. Yeah. Um, but, um, that was like the first moment when I was over there. It was, it was interesting. What was the most traumatic? The most traumatic? Mm-hmm. Um, probably. Probably when we were, uh, when we were, we hit, so we hit a lot of fire missions, um, to support the cavalry, the cavalry or the infantry. Yeah. Um, and, and we weren't, we weren't, um, seeing the enemy face to face all the time. They, they did separate our unit into some infantry. We did infantry training. Um, because they knew we wouldn't need heavy mechanized units the whole time there because of, um, you know, the last war went so quick and they, they had it pretty planned out, um, what was going to happen. So my half was trained as infantry. So we're like learning how to clear rooms and mm-hmm. all that shit. Um, so probably the most traumatic thing I saw over there was so many dead bodies and, and dead children. We had a fire mission. Um, I forget where it was. I don't know if it was in Karbala mm-hmm. um, on our way to Baghdad. Uh, but it was a, that was a pretty heavy fight. Um, but we have these rounds, these artillery rounds called um, uh, DPICM. And what they are is they can be one of two things. Um, they They can be grenades mm-hmm. these small grenades that when they blow up and they drop and they drop like these small pellets of grenades mm-hmm. i think there's some that actually drop like pressured landmines it's weird um we didn't have any of those but we had dpicm that was the big thing for troops out in the open so you get 100 guys out in the open you shoot these things you're killing 100 people like that mm-hmm. easy um and the problem with that is though not all of them explode right away so some kind of sit there for a minute. So they have a little delay. Yeah. And, um, you know, they can explode if, if someone touches them or something like that. But I'll, I'll never forget, we were, we were on the highway. We had this huge fire mission, and we, we fucking shot. We, we probably had, I don't know, probably a 50-round fire mission. And we shot the shit out of this fucking place, this highway, blew it to hell. And I'll never forget driving by, and I saw this fruit truck blown the shit and this you know these adults out and then like these dead kids just like laying there and i was like fuck like what was going through your mind is that is that is that the first time you you taken life no no well no we were doing stuff before that yeah 
Um, what happened? What happened? What happened your first time? The first time when I saw a dead body? No, the first. Have you? Have you? Have you taken taken life? Oh yeah. All right. So what happened the first time when you take life? When you took in a life? You well, it, it's weird because it's not like you go up to somebody and you're stabbing them. Yeah. You know, we did it from a distance, so you kind of you do it and then you drive up to see what you did. Yeah. And um, you you know, and it it hit. You're you're excited yeah. when you go, and then when you see it, it's like, oh fuck, mm. like man, what did that do to you? I I don't know, I don't know. At at that time, nothing. Mm. At the time, it was it was almost kind of sick. You were like, you couldn't process it. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't process it, and you were like, kind of like, oh shit. Like I'll never forget, man. I I had to do a uh, a detail with the move remove dead bodies and they call that a detail yeah yeah we we went around we pulled dead bodies off the road um that's ironic man yeah man and i'll, I'll give it to the military too man they, they, if anybody sees this they were very respectful in the way that um i guess in islamic culture they had to be buried facing east or something like that mm -hmm. and they did that um really not to say that everything else was right of course but you know they did that yeah. um i'll never forget that um but man, I'll never forget. I grabbed this body. Damn, bro, that says so much. Yeah, that's deep, man. Yeah, you, you know, I, I, and, and you do all this stuff without thinking. I remember I grabbed this guy. They shot the car up. You know, these two guys are in the in, in the in the driver and passenger seat. Bloated as hell, shit their pants. Mm -hmm. And I grabbed the guy, and my fucking thumb went through his arm. And I was like, oh, like. And I just viewed that as just being gross. I didn't view it as like, that's a fucking dead, that's a dead body that mm -hmm. I do. Like, you don't process any of that stuff, man. Cause it's just, you got to keep moving on. You got to keep going on to the next thing. Yeah. And, um, and, um, it, and yeah, and that's what it was. It was, it was a lot of that, um, you know, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, also too, it was a little traumatic was like hearing the stories from people from the people who lived there and all the stuff that went on there. And it was like, man, you know, people live like this and they, they go through, um, you know, all, all this terrible stuff because you can say what you want, you know, S S Saddam was an awful person. Mm -hmm. he, he was, he was a terrible person, but, but he did have that country in order in a sense. Like now look at it. It's a fucking mess, you mm -hmm. know, still. But the stuff his sons would do and, and, and he would do was just, it was so fucking disgusting. Like, you know, stealing brides and, and taking women from their you know, families. all ages from their families and shit. And it's like, you know, you're, you're kind of in a catch-22. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, Is that their culture, though? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, and it's not just like one or two women. It's just. No, there was like, he was, this one guy was telling me it was the whole street. The Whoa. whole neighborhood, yeah, because we were doing, we were doing this checkpoint, um, and, and it was the whole, it was the whole fucking street, and it, and it was, and it was scary, it, not scary, it was, um, it saddened me because how scared they were, like when planes would fly over, they all run back in their house and like hiding, and like I'm just looking up, like yeah, it's just a plane, but they were so scared about getting bombed and stuff like that, and I can't imagine living that scenario, you know, I couldn't imagine living here. And having somebody invade mm -hmm. our area and all that shit, man, that's 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 traumatizing for them. Mm -hmm. um, but um, hearing that stuff, man, that's heartbreaking, man. Heartbreaking.
Yeah. Did you ever have to face any, like, I know you said you had to keep on moving and you couldn't process it. Did you have to face, like, any, like, moral dilemmas within yourself? Um, n- no. You know, I look back on some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think I, everybody wanted to shoot somebody. Hmm. Everybody. Is that from the brainwashing or? I don't know, man. I, the I conditioning? I think, I think it's just people, if they're on board, they want, they want to be all the way in. And I think, you know, I think we were qu- like, I, there, there, was a, there was a scenario where we, were, we had a checkpoint, just to kind of give you an example. Yeah. And, you, you know, I was on a 50 caliber. Mm-hmm. I was on the 50 cal. And uh, there was this bus that was like pulling up to our checkpoint and wasn't stopping. Mm -hmm. And um, it hit our barbed wire and it kind of stopped a little bit. And I just fucking just start firing this 50 cal. But I was such a dumbass that it was down and my buddy was next to him. And I fucking shot this 50 cal like next to him. Mm. I could have killed him. You know what I'm saying? But I was so eager to fucking shoot something. Yeah. You know, stuff like that I look at and I'm like, man, I probably, you know, Probably should have thought about that a little bit more. But when I'm older, I think about that. But then I'm so, I mean, I always felt like I was behind the times with people as far as like maturity wise. And then I was just, I was 19 years old and I just wanted to fucking shoot something. You know, and I wanted to shoot that bus up. Yeah. And, um, you know, you do don't. You feel, do you feel like, in a sense, do you feel like you were a robot in some sense? Yeah. Yeah. You are. You're, 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 um, your program, yeah, your program for that stuff, because that's all everybody wants there. You know, everybody, everybody, you know, and and that was the whole thing with with nine eleven is that was the big thing in politics too. It was like this is for America. It was just like Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. You know, when um um when we wanted to invade um um we wanted to invade. You get into World War Two, but we had no reason. You know, we we were when we wanted to be isolated. And then Pearl Harbor happened, and all of a sudden now it's like you know fuck Japan, fuck Germany, you know yeah. all that stuff. Let's go, you know. And, and President got the 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 people behind him, and that's what nine eleven was. What it felt like it was like that was the excuse to go to Iraq and take it over. And if you you know if you didn't love America, you were a terrorist, hmm. you know. And that's 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 the pressures. Yeah, and you know when you're there, um, you know you're. Anything you do, it's like, oh, it's for America. You know what I'm saying? And and it's so fucked up, man. I had nothing to do with that. It was fucking all Saudi, yeah. you know, uh, uh, people on that plane. Not one yeah. was from Iraq. And it was like, well, you don't think about that. You don't think about why you're in Iraq yeah. when, when, you know, um, they had nothing to do with it, all you right. know? So, um, so, but even in all that crazy time, man, there were still times where it was, it was fun. You know, you're bullshit with your friends. You're yeah, of course. You know, you're um, you're 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 being boys and and, and shit like that. Um, you know, we we had we had this uh, we stayed in this mechanic this uh, base um, mechanical shop. We stayed in actually two one cool place. We stayed in Saddam's uh, son's horse stable, and um, it was really nice. Um, and the special forces were bringing all guns and ammunition and um, 
and uh, like booby traps, man. Dude, hmm. all this fucking contraptions you can imagine. Like a VHS tape was rigged to blow. It was crazy. A VHS tape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. And um, I'll never forget, we snuck in there one night. And we gra- grabbed an AK with a silencer and we shot it for the first time. And it was like, poof. And then the second one was like, pow, 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 pow. And it was like, everybody gets up, fucking start running. And then, uh, you know, shit like that, man. We got alcohol there. And, you know, um, now I'm not proud of this moment. I drank so much. I got so fucked up and passed out. And there was like a firefight outside. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was drunk and passed out through, through yeah. the whole thing. Um, and then, um, um, but we, we stayed at, we stayed there and then we stayed, uh, this mechanic base and I'll never forget. We had this like where, where they filled up like water trucks. It's just huge jet stream of water. We just put his chair underneath and we just turn on, man. We just sit there underneath this thing. It's like water's pouring down on us and just relax. It, it just relax. And it was, it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, Boys but, will be boys. Yeah, man. And <laughs> and we, we lived in a guard tower and it was yeah. like our own little spot. And, you know, and then the local kids would come by, you know, we fucking throw them porno mags and they would go get us stuff. And, you know, I mean, it was it's crazy. And then we do the dumbest shit, like stuff I would never, never do today. Like you, you would just get so hungry and so d- done with eating um, MREs and shit. Mm-hmm. And like guys would come up with like, pre-made like sandwiches they're selling out of their truck food dude you buy that shit and eat it like think about that now it's like no yeah. fucking way man like, no you, way have you ever got to a point where you're like yo um i had enough time to go home yeah i i did um it was at the end um it was at the end where um it, it, the army is the biggest rumor mill in the world. What does that mean? Meaning like everybody's got the inside scoop on this and that. It's, it's all these fucking rumors. Yeah. And um, what was frustrating for me was when we were going home, they would say we'd go home on this date, this date, and it, it would pass. And it's like, fuck, like when are we fucking going That's home? That's the same shit you saw in Jarhead. Yeah. 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 It's the same shit, man. And it was like, it was so fucking frustrating. Excuse me. It was like, Everything is like, oh, I got 30 days in the wake up or I got 29 days yeah. in the wake up. And, um, and, and it's like, well, you know, y- you would hear, you would hear like, okay, man, they said three months, we're out of here. You know, our replacements are here. And it was like, nobody knew shit, but they all thought they did. And you would listen to the stuff and you would just get more, the longer you were there. And it's like, I want to fucking go home. Like I'm done yeah. with this. And, um, and that was, that was frustrating. That was really frustrating. You know, um, it was a rumor mill about that stuff. That tests you mentally. It does, man. It does. It, it is, um, you know, I think about it now. That's probably the most stressful moment, honestly, is waiting to go home because you, you would do certain things that kind of felt like you're about to go home and then nobody would give you an answer on what's going on. And, um, that will fuck with you, man. Yeah. That will mess with you big time. Um, you know, so we, we ended up going home. Um, let's see if it was in two thousand. see, when did we go? March, 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, March, April, May, June. I think we left in June or July. I think we left in July. Um, 
you know, and finally we got home. And, you know, the, to end the whole grand scheme of things over there, I'm in the porta potty. I'm getting ready to leave and I fucking drop my wallet in the toilet. I had to reach in a shit filled porta potty to grab my military ID. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Blue shit all over me. This is the fucking icing on the cake, man. Yeah, it was terrible. So, um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was awful. Oh, man. So, um, we, so we go home where we get, we got to, we, we had to be there because we had to like, you had to, some guys had to do classes, like, you know, your wife is doing this now on her own, you know, like some yeah. domestic stuff, stuff like that. So uh, did, did you, did you get any stories where like guys were married and then they hear their wives were treating on them, cheating on them or something like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I had, I had a guy, like, fuck yeah. Like they did a video thing, just like in Jarhead, they had a video thing. And I mean, but one, one woman told her husband, she doesn't misses him, doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, man. Yeah, crazy. I don't. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I swear to God. Yeah, yeah. That's some cold shit. Man. Yeah, you know. Um, so he, um, <laughs> yeah, I heard that. That was crazy. But um, so yeah, you 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 get debriefed a little bit. Um, you know, the married guys they go through um they go through short short training. Um, not training, but like class of you know. When you go home, you know, your wife's going to be doing more things. Don't get pissed and, you know, be ready for that. Yeah. So, so what's the process when you go home? Like my friend, I forgot what, what it's called or something, but my friend said, uh, you said something about a training. Yeah. So what was that training called to like reinsert you back into society? Well, well, they, they did and they didn't, they, they, they talk about certain things, but you didn't really have a full on class. Not for me. Cause I was single. A lot of it was for the married guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, cause shit changes, you know, when you come home and you're married, you know, me, I'm, I'm going home and I'm, I'm trying to find, you know, a fucking girl and some alcohol, Yeah, you know, I mean that, that for me, it really, it really didn't change that much as far as like, as far as the army's eyes, they, they didn't really care. Um, married guys a little bit more, but man, like when we got back, we, we got back and, and we, um, the army packs your shit up when you leave. So movers come in, they wrap all your shit, and they pack it. So when you come back, you have nothing. Nothing. You have, like, a white T-shirt that you bought, you know, over there, and, like, some gym shorts. Like, you don't have shit. You know, fake Rolex, Rolexes from the Bling Bling Brothers. Mm-hmm. You know? So, and you couldn't spend your money for five, six months. And you get more money because of combat pay and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So you go fucking ham at the mall. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I came back. I bought two fucking leather jackets. I bought, you know, 20 fucking Echo sweatsuits, mm-hmm. watches, shoes. I had, you know, every shell toe that matched with this. You just blow your money. How, how old were you then? Uh, let's see. It was, was probably 19. 19? Yeah, it was 19. You got out, so, you, so you got out when you were 19? Uh, no, I got out when I was 20. All right. Yeah, because we came back in 2003. All right. So, yeah, I'm tw- um, I was 20. Yeah. So. Um, was it hard? Was it hard for you to transition back into life? The civilian life? Civilian life when I got out? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that's when I started. That's when it was a little bit more difficult, you know, when I got out. Um, what made it difficult? So w- when you first get out, 
and you go back home, mm-hmm. you, you're a rock star, dude. You don't pay for a drink anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're just fucking. So you, you went back home to Ohio. Yeah. All right. So you're this big fucking star. Um, you know, everybody, you know, thank yous, all this shit. Yeah. So like you come back and say, like, oh, this is great. And then, you know, it was hard. Like looking back on it now, I, I see myself and I'm like, man, I was a mess. But you don't think you're a mess. You know, you fucking drink nonstop. Yeah. Party, you know, all this shit. So when I got back, I worked in a factory for about a year. I wasn't ready. Still wasn't ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all I did. I just, I coached wrestling. I worked and I, I drank a lot. Mm. And um, um, so you you start to develop a bad temper in a sense. Like you, you, you start to not to be able to put up, you, you don't, you're not able to put up bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, especially with people your own age because of what you went through. Yeah. What was hard for me is like when I first started college, I was 21 years old and I was in classes with, you know, 19, 20, mm-hmm. some 18 year old kids who haven't been through anything I went through. Yeah. And I'm just, relate. and no, and I'm not late. And I, I just sit there and I'm just fucking pissed. And then I had this one professor. You're a minority again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. I, I had, I had this one professor who would write the, the death toll, uh, of the war, the, the, the death record or whatever of yeah. U.S. soldiers on the board every day. So I have to stare at that every fucking day. And I, I, I didn't pay attention to the lesson. I'm staring at this fucking number pissed off. So one day I went, um, I went to him and said, Hey man, you know, I understand what you're doing, but like, that's all I can focus on. Like I came back, like, you know, and he was, oh, this is, you know, my right to protest and this and that. I'm like, are you really? Cause half these kids don't give a shit. They don't even know where Iraq is on a map, Yeah, but I have to sit here and stare at that and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. You know, who, who are you protesting? You know, if you want to protest, go outside with a, with a fucking sign and and say something, but like you put in a death toll, I get it. You're trying to bring awareness, but like, the majority I, I, of these kids they don't really care. They're they don't 18. Care. Yeah, and, they don't give a shit. Yeah. You know? So um college was hard at first because I, I couldn't develop relationships. Was it hard for you to sleep? Oh yeah. So did, did you develop post traumatic stress disorder? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah. So like your first night there, your first night home, did you sleep normal, comfortable, or no? Um or your pro- first prob- week? probably because I was Blacked out drunk. Half yeah, the time. that makes um, sense. No, I mean you you you're not. You're always on edge. You're always ready for something to pop off. You're always you know thinking about things. You're going back to that because man, that was you, you didn't have time to process it then, and now you're home. That's all you can think about, and that's all everybody brings up. And they want stories. I'm sorry, they want stories. No, they good, they yeah. want all this stuff. Yeah, you know. So you keep talking about it over and over and over and over again. And you get and, tired of it, and, and you and you kind of do, and and you can't, and you're not like it's like people. Do you ever kill you? Do you shoot somebody? This yeah. and that. It's like man, I don't want to fucking talk about that right yeah. now. And um, you know, so you you try, you try to get away, but it keeps coming up, keeps coming up. And of course, being that young, you don't seek the proper therapy. Yeah, I didn't go to the VA. I didn't go see a a therapist about that. Yeah. You know, I just. You just kind of ignore Suck it and you it move up. on. Yeah. yeah, and you move on. And that stuff starts to develop later on in life. Like, I still battle some of this stuff Do you sleep, today. Do you sleep normal today? Sometimes? No, I, I still need some sort of melatonin, you know, um, 
TV or, yeah. or, 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 um, or any kind of like, you know, the medical cannabis, anything like that. Yeah. Like, you know, does the medical cannabis actually help though? Um, it, it does. Um, but it's, it's not something, you know, that I try to rely on. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to do it by myself. So like a lot of times I, I use the TV, mm-hmm. um, or melatonin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not bad. Um, but you know, I mean, the, the, I remember times like just sitting in the dark, just drinking beer, trying to go to sleep. Really? Yeah, man. You know, um, like what was, what was the issue? Were you, were you just reliving it in your mind or yeah, you- reliving it in your mind? You can't talk to anybody and you're angry. And then at that point, um, I'm two, three years removed and no one gives a shit anymore. It's old news. So, all right. So you go from this period where you leave, you come back home. Everybody's treating you like some type of celebrity. Yeah. Then a period of time goes, everybody just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's it it is. It's a mind. It's another mind. Fuck. It is. It's, it's like, it's like, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, of, of an artist. Um, um, it's like you're a one hit wonder. You Ooh, know, every everybody loves you. You know, you know, everybody loved that Fetty Wap song when it came out. Yeah, and then it was like, where the hell's Fetty Wap? Mm. You know, you know, <laughs> like yeah, you know, it, it's like that's, you start questioning yourself. Yeah, too. you do, and you start questioning that shit, and um, <clears throat> and you 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 don't. It took me a long time to get the proper therapy. I mean, it took me 2014, 13, 2013. You know, and I got out in 2004, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, yeah, it, t- it took some time to, to, to deal with that. And again, like I said, I still, still deal with that. I don't like being scared. I don't like surprises. I don't, you know, poor Carla, you know, I, <laughs> it's like, I, she, she's like, opens Car- Carla's is her girlfriend, ladies, his, oh. her, his girlfriend, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You know, she's like, Hey, I'm home, you know, from the door outside, you know, I'm in the bedroom sleeping to try to Warn not you. start him. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't sit my back to the door. You know, it's like, I look for escape plans. Like if something would pop off, I'm like, okay, this is what I would do. This is yeah. what I would do. You know, if I hear something outside, I immediately grab a gun and like go outside. It's like. Yeah. Your guard's up. Yeah. Your guard, your guard's up, man. And, um, and I don't know if it can ever leave. I, I really don't. Why is that? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do you I, think humans are supposed to go through that type of stuff? No. Why? You know, I, I don't think we're better. And actually, there was a great, um, a great podcast with, with Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guy he had on was talking about psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about psychedelics were helping people develop courage mm. and to go through that stuff. Because you know, when you're trying to kill a mammoth or, or, or a tiger or something like that, that's fucking scary. Mm-hmm. So we take these psychedelics that they would get from you know the the, the feces of whatever, mm-hmm. take it, and then they develop this confidence to go out and do this and do that, and it kind of changed the way um, humans were developed. And some say like how we have courage and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think. I don't think, man, I don't think we're supposed to be going through that. I mean, it's, um, I think we put ourselves through a lot when we don't have to, Mm. you know, whether it's war, whether it's bills, whether it's stupid fucking laws, it's, um, 
you know, hold people down. You know, you look, you look at marijuana. Mm-hmm. How, how many, how many people, how many people are in jail, and their lives are changed yeah. forever just for a plant. For a plant, yeah. And somebody deemed that plant bad. Exactly. You know, yeah. That that really destroyed lives because I know people going to jail for. I don't know people, but I read about people going to jail just for rainwater collecting rainwater. Yeah. How for what? It's illegal. What? Yeah, in some states it's illegal. To collect you, rainwater. You need to look it up. There's a lot of things, weird things. But yeah. <laughs> the rain is not ours. Yeah, yeah I guess not. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. But you know, you you look, it's like we create a lot of stress for ourselves. We put ourselves through a shit ton of stress. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, I mean, but you got some people who do that stuff and they're okay. I mean, I guess everybody's different. <sighs> you know, or they hide it really well. Or they hide it really well. You know, um, you know, I, I think some of these guys who, you know, do multiple tours, you know, they, they may hide it really well, but. And what's a tour? You just go back, you just re-enlist again, you go back. Yeah. You, so a tour it's is like. so weird that they call it a tour and it's these celebrities, these artists are going on tour. Yeah, I know, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, um, it, it's basically your, your time over there. That's a tour. I did one tour. I did two tours in Kuwait, one tour in Iraq. All right. So. My unit that I was in, I think they did like five, five tours, four tours um, overseas in Iraq. Because mm-hmm. I, I got out because they, they did what's called a, um, a stop loss. And a, they actually made a movie about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what a stop loss is, is the army says no more people can get out of the army. So I got, let's just say it was September 1st, say September 1st. Um, they put out a stop loss in October 1st. Mm-hmm. So anybody getting out of the army on October 1st or after couldn't get out. If that was your original date yeah. to get out. Um, so that meant, you know, a lot of people were supposed to get out. They, they stayed in and they had to do it until the army um, said otherwise. So some guys did like three more tours. Crazy, man. Does 4th of July bother you? Um, with, with your PTSD, it did. It did a lot anymore. Not r- a lot of people don't know that. Not really. Yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of changed. It went from, it went from. I didn't like the explosions, and it reminded me of um, being back there. To now, I'm paranoid that it's gunshots. Mm. Not Can't that tell the difference. Yeah, like I'm like, all right, is that a fucking gunshot? And it's like, I'll, I'll listen, like, if I'm in my house, like, if I'm letting off fire, like, a, you know, if I was at Divs letting off fireworks, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a big deal. Because you, you, you can see I it. I can see it, you know, but when I'm sitting in my house, you know, with my dog and, and, and my girlfriend and, um, you know, I hear that, I'm like, okay, that was a firework. Okay, that was, that, that had been a gunshot. You're trying to figure Yeah, d- yeah. That's so so, Yeah, that's fucking weird, man. People shouldn't be like that. Be out there enjoying that, yourself. Yeah, that's the, the fact that your brain just triggers yeah. that. You know what is that? What's the difference? Yeah. So you know that's um and people who don't even go go through war they they experience that. You know, if you're like in the hood or something. Yeah. Like oh, that. for yeah. sure. Shit. Chicago. Yeah. Fourth of July. Yeah, man. I heard that's the busiest time. I heard that for, too for, for murders and you know and, and that's what a lot of people I think don't understand is PTSD isn't just people coming back from the military, you know, from overseas. I mean, 
there, there's 13 year old kids that have PTSD. There's and babies. Tra- yeah. Babies. Yeah. Get a dose of that shit too. I know, man. It, it's crazy. You know, and that, you know, that, that brings up a whole new, you know, a whole big issue of the gun laws and stuff like that. How, how do you, what are you, what is your stance on that? I think everybody should be allowed to own a gun. All right. I, I feel there should be levels to it. I don't know if an 18-year-old kid should be able to buy... I don't think an 18-year-old kid should be able to go out, buy a rifle with a 100-round drum. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, you can get pistols with a 100-round drum. You know, it's like, do we need that? Probably not. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know when I'll ever need a 45 with, with, with a fucking drum on the end of it. Like... Mm-hmm. When you say drum, that's an extended magazine? That's extended magazine, yeah. yeah that, that can hold, I think, up to 50, 100 rounds almost. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think when the Founding Fathers wrote that, and that's what it all comes down to is the interpretation. You, you can't, you know, we base our society and laws on these, on these old. old, old, old philosophies, and some will, will stand the test of time, will never know, like, all people are created equal. Boom, we hit yeah. it. That's, that's good. Yeah. Everybody has a right to bear arms. Well, okay, back then, yeah, probably probably not a bad thing. You get yeah. a rifle that's not very accurate that it takes, you know, five <laughs> minutes to reload. Yeah. You know, yeah. But now you 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 can go in the Walmart and buy a rifle with a thirty round magazine, you know, or a fifteen round even a fifteen round magazine. I don't know, man. So you I, think we should put like restrictions on the, the type of the type of gun? Um, yeah, I think there needs to be, I think there needs to be a better system of background checks. I think, um, you know, I think when you look at some of the stories about how people were kind of blown off mm. when there were red flags, like that kid who shot up, um, Stoneman Douglas, yeah. you know, there was like, I guess the FBI didn't, you know, go all the way with this story or whatnot yeah, or with what was been going on. You know, I, I think that's kind of that those people need to be kind of red flagged. But mm-hmm. um, I think I think there just needs to be more education about it. You know, again, you know, a 16 year old can drive a car, which is really dangerous. Now, like now that now that I look back at it, 16, like, yeah, you know, you look back at things when you're older. Hey, should 16 year olds be driving? Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with the school bus? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you, 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 I don't know. It's just when it's just like what I said earlier. You know, we live forward, but we understand backwards. Yeah. It, and, and we got parents that, that encourage our kids to go out and drive mm-hmm. so they don't have to drive them everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's still da- that's a dangerous thing, you know? And, but, you know, it, um, but it's almost like in this, people view it as a necessity that kids have to drive at that age. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. I, it, our country's so messed up with, with, um, with, with how we do things, you know. You know, I, whether it's gun laws or, or drugs, you know, you look at drugs. And again, it's, uh, Joe Rogan had a great podcast talking about, you know, marijuana, cocaine, all that stuff's illegal. Yeah. yeah methamphetamine's illegal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fine, but you can go out and you can buy mercury. Mm-hmm. You can buy all sorts of dangerous things, but they're not listed 
you mm. know, is uh, scheduled, you know, was it schedule one drugs? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like you know, that. So you can't buy, not, not that I would ever do it. I can't go out and buy meth, but I can go out and buy a puffer fish that can kill somebody. I can go out and buy mercury. I can go out and buy, you know, toxic chemicals like that. Mm-hmm. You know, w- w- what's the difference? You know, it's just like how we all view things. And, you know, I think guns are becoming that thing too. It's like where we're going to end up how we view guns mm-hmm. you know i always think we're gonna have guns around i don't think we'll ever never 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 man guns bring a lot of money to america yeah a lot of money yeah it's man. a big business yeah and i like guns man i like shooting I, I like them too and i you know and i i i like having them for protection as well mm-hmm. i i the last thing i want to do is shoot somebody i agree because it causes more stress on their family, mm-hmm. my family, my life, their life. But it it is a necessity. You know, I, I watched the other day, you know, and I don't know, I'm not I'm not a police officer. I was in that situation. But like I saw a guy, he had a knife and the guy had to been 20, 20 feet away from him. Mm-hmm. And the officer told him to put it down and he started coming at him. The fucking officer shot him four times. And then he went down and he shot him again. And it's like was that is that necessary? Is that necessary? Yeah. And then we go back, and you know, and it's just like goes back to training. You know, do, you know, what, how was he trained when someone wields a knife at him? You know, just as we're kids, like you got guns. How are we training kids? It is there, just like social media. It's gonna be there. We have to train kids and educate kids how to use social media. We have to educate kids how to use guns. Stop making it taboo and say these things don't exist. Yeah. You know, it's like there exist. They exist. Show kids what a safety is. They're like, yeah, I would, I would have never have guessed like we would have reached this point in time where we would need a, a class on social media because yeah. a lot of times, you know, people do well, these kids think it's reality. Yeah. With friends likes and yeah, that's, man. that's the, that's the reality and all this access right there on your phone that these kids have access to porn. Yeah. You know oh these, my God, yeah, dude. man. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, I, I'm in summer camp, and these kids are doing these explicit jokes. Yeah, you know, and they under they understand it. Yeah, and I'm like, and I, I and I, honestly, man, I think it's in all of us. Because if I would have had that when I was a kid, you're I'd right. The same thing. You're right. So it's something in us. Yeah, that comes out when we have that um, opportunity. I, I can't. Adam and Eve. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what it's like when there's like VR. I mean, I think that movie Ready Player One is yeah. not far from man. the future, man. We went from porno magazines to porno DVDs, yeah. VHSs, all that. Yeah. Like it's all like you yeah. said, it is in us. It, it's in us, and and you know it, it's so funny too. The other day when we were cleaning up uh, that other unit for those got you know the tenants that got evicted. Yeah. I'm cleaning up the stuff and I saw a porno DVD. I'm like, who the fuck watches Watch porno on a DVD, man? Like that, that thought, right? Like, yeah. it's funny how you how how the thought rises in your mind now. Yeah. Who watches porno DVDs yeah. nowadays? Exactly. You know? And I think it's in us that we all want to be liked and accepted because we we do. We all we want to be we want to be accepted. We want people around us. Some may hide it and say they don't, but that's bullshit. Yeah. Everybody wants to be accepted and liked. And now there's a physical way. A direct way to say, I like you. I mean, fuck, look at Tinder. Yeah. I like you. I Swipe don't left. like you. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's so streamlined now. It's just like, okay, yes, yo, yeah, yeah. And 
now, you know, for, for Instagram and, and, um, and, and, uh, Snapchat and Facebook and all this stuff. And, and look how that's gone. The, the process of that we go from getting to know people, making phone calls. And now we're texting. Facebook comes out. That's a whole thing. We post pictures. You can write messages, whatever. Okay. Then we move it to Instagram. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now it's a little quicker to figure out if someone likes you. Okay. You post a picture, you got likes, you got all this, you can write stuff, you know, same thing with Twitter. You know, you can write stuff, not too much, but a little. Now you got Snapchat, which is a picture and a couple words. And it's just like, we're getting to that point where we just want to get to the point. Do you like me or not? Do you like what I just posted? <laughs> Straight to the point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's viewed all my stories? Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's crazy, man. People thrive on being accepted. And yeah, we, we, we got to help our kids, man, figure out. But yeah, I tell my kids all the time. You know, uh, at, at school, I'm like, you know, you're in a very tough situation because all you want to do is be like the other person. And it's hard to be yourself. But as soon as you leave and you go to college, it's cool to be different. It's mm. weird how that works out. Yeah. And it's stressful, man. Hmm. You know. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what the answer Going back to the guns, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I don't think we should ban all guns. No. I mean, do we need bump stocks? Probably not. Probably not. You know, do, do, you know, like I think in Nevada, you can, you, you can buy a grenade launcher. In Nevada? Yeah, I think it's all legal. Holy smokes. I think almost all that shit's legal there. Wow. Yeah. Do we need that? I don't know. I mean, people, oh, it's all right. It's all right to have it. Okay. It, it, it is all right, but like, at some point, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big government kind of guy, but like, yeah. there's got to be boundaries, right? Yeah. Somewhere. I, I don't know. You know, if, if if we start the conversation off with guns and what we need and what we do need, what about what about um cars? There's all these yeah, yeah, NOS you, yeah. and yeah, you what you know we deem and we deem what's dangerous and what's not dangerous. You know, alcohol's still legal. Yeah, alcohol's still legal. I can go skydive and scuba dive right now. Yeah, right now. I, I think we we have to be real with ourselves and understand the risk of what we're doing. Yeah. Because, you know, we can do all those things. Those are dangerous things, but mm-hmm. we're it's legal to do them, you know? You know, the government's not saying, well, you know, you can't do this. Now, there's age restrictions on stuff like that, but still, you can still do it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think guns are going to be talked about until we start developing, you know, shooting lasers, and then we'll talk about shooting lasers. And, yeah. You know. I don't think it, it's not that serious yet. Yeah. You know. What really is going to be a topic, I'm telling you, in five to ten years, is 3D printing guns. How do you feel about that? That's dangerous, man. You think so? Yeah. Why? Because you, you, you can definitely hide those a lot. Uh, you can definitely hide those. Um, yeah, they're bet, untra- untraceable. Bet, yeah, man. They're not registered. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's dangerous, man. Who would have thought, right? Yeah, I know. Who would have thought? I mean, it's that. that's something that, I mean, at least the guy behind the gun counter does something before you buy it. But when you go on the dark web... Get the blueprints on this gun, put and it black in. Market, baby. Yeah, and, and do that. I mean, that's like, fuck, oh, man. 
That's a scary thing. To to like every invention, like there's always some, there's some always, negative yeah, to it. There's always going to be that. Um, you know, but I don't know. Maybe they will serve a purpose one day. I have Maybe. no clue. No clue. All right. So you come back home to the art from from the army. Mm-hmm. Um, has any of your religious views changed? Or no, you, I, I I'm not religious. You're not religious. Mm-hmm. Were you religious? I can't. I come from a family that is like backwoods Kentucky religious. Yeah. You know, my, my grandfather, you know, he was brother Bill, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, you know, um, oh, let's go back. You know, I never, I never thought about being religious. Um, I, I guess maybe when I was young, young, just cause I had no clue. But as I got older, I just, man, because I had a mentality, if I wanted something done, I would do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't think I had to pray on on anything and you know and then i'd watch bad things happen to people i'm like well, why why would that happen if there was a god yeah and people said well you know there's you know there's reasons for this but i'm like well is there a reason why a kid gets aids mm-hmm. when it's when he's, he or she's born yeah like what what reason could that be mm-hmm. you know that you know they're they're in that situation or you know a girl gets kidnapped and she's a sex, sex worker yeah well, if there's a God, why, why, why would He accept? Why, yeah, accept these things? To yeah, me? and again, and, and then you're, you're trying to tell me God's a white All guy, loving. yeah, God's yeah. a white guy wearing sandals. Hmm. I mean, where where do we come up with that concept? Yeah, you know, and then and then we, we get into that whole mess, and then you know Noah's Ark, and like you know, you would tell me the story about Noah's Ark when I was a kid, I'd believe you, but if I man, if I told you right now. I go up to someone and told you, man, hey, this guy named Jim, you know, he, he's got, he got a boat that he built with his family who, you know, don't build ships. Yeah. They build a ship. They got every animal from around the world to coexist and they had all the proper food to feed those animals and to survive a flood. And they would look at me like, are you fucking serious with Jim? Yeah. You and Jim are both assholes. You yeah. know, like stop lying to me. I don't know. And I don't want to like, you know. I, You're not I, bashing. You know, just, this is your experience. You, you know? know. Yeah. But. That that's just me, but I think religion in early times served a purpose. I still think it serves a purpose today. I think it gives people something to look forward to and, and to grasp onto. Because man, this world is fucking cruel. Yeah, man, and it can be lonely. And I I think knowing that there's something on the other side, it, there's something to be said about that. And because nobody nobody wants to just be like. It's over, you know. You're you're done. Shit. You know the idea of being reincarnated. I love the idea of being reincarnated. reincarnated yeah. I love it, man. Why do you love it so much? Just because I, you know, I'm self-centered and I want to be around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whether I'm a butterfly, yeah, man. I just I, whatever it is, I want to yeah. be it. You know, like I think, um, you know, that or heaven and this and that, heaven and hell, and you know, you do this, you go there, you do that, you go there. I mean, I, I think it gives people some guidance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know, man. I I think it's within. You know, I do nice stuff because I'm a nice person. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't I don't need that reward at the end of the day. You know, that reward is is me. Like there's stuff I've done that I've told nobody about help people or did these things that yeah. I don't do it for that, you know, and I don't I don't do it for um sorry, my back is killing me, man. Yeah, Thank you, Army. <laughs> and uh, yeah, an old age. Um, I I don't know, but I think I think 
a lot. And, and you know, you look at a lot of a lot of wars, man. Look at the Crusades, all on an idea about a god. I mean, that's you look at is not is. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it. you look at terrorism based on that extreme Islamic belief. Yeah, you know, you look at um 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 other things like um drawing a blank here, but but you know what I'm trying to say. Like a lot of these wars, man. You you don't see atheists in the name it, you know, going out there and doing this before that. I'm not saying these people are good people. Yeah. And I don't even say I'm an atheist. I mean, I don't know, man. There's something bigger than us out here. We we are here. There's something bigger than us out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's you know some guy sitting on a gold chair kicking back. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's some guy down below waiting for you know somebody to burn you know waiting for somebody to come down <laughs> so they can burn them. Yeah. You know? hang out with Hitler. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. We, I don't even know what, I couldn't tell you what the purpose of us being here is. Yeah. It, it's almost like I heard, I think it was in a movie. It's like, we're, we're like, we're like, um, they compared a human race to like, um, um, uh, like a disease or, um, yeah, it was like a disease or like a, a virus, a virus. Hmm. You know, it, it just attacks and destroys everything that's around. I mean, we we do. We we destroy. Yeah, we do some good things and we build these things. But, I mean, I'm telling you, like, Florida's not going to be around forever. I mean, we are. Yeah. You can see with the sinkholes. Yeah. We're depleting those reservoirs and, and all that stuff. And, you know, you look at this. and What do those sinkholes happen? So sinkholes happen. Um, so imagine underground, underneath the shale and the limestone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Florida's a lot of uh, there's a lot of limestone here. There is a um, there's a hollow hole right there, or it's filled with water. Mm-hmm. Okay, once that water's out, now you have a hole. So you have your land up here, and there's a hole here. So when it rains a lot, you saw it come. So that it's raining, it's pouring rain, it's pouring rain, pouring rain. So all of a sudden, all that water's getting wet, or all that dirt's getting wet. And it starts moving, starts moving. And now it starts, it busts in that hole. That hole now gets filled with dirt. So that dirt fills up the hole. Where's that dirt coming from up top? So it just sucks, sucks it all everything in. in. And it can happen like that. So yeah. And they could, and they could go pretty deep. Oh yeah. Yeah, they could go real deep, depending on how, how deep it is. But yeah, you know. Golly. See, and, that, and that's, that's, a, that's a scary thing. Um, you know, but I, you know, I don't know if I, if I had to say, you, you know, if religion helps you, that's a good thing, hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, I, I really do. But, you know, I just don't like people like calling women whores and, you know, you not know, for that negativity. No, man. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You see, um, you see those crazy, they're always at college campuses, you know, saying all that shit, but you know. What are your views on the whole Colin Kaepernick thing? You like, I think when it's all said and done, that guy's going to be a hero. Why? Did you? You didn't take no offense to it at all for taking a knee. Yeah. Oh no, man. That's why. That's why we went over there. Yeah. That's why we go and fight is for is for freedom to express yourself. Yeah. I think it, it's it's all it all stems from racism. Mm. It, it all stems from that's ex, it's exactly what it is. Mm. You look at Jerry Jones. You know, left his hat on for the national anthem, mm-hmm. but he's telling athletes, the majority that are black, mm-hmm. that that's disgracing the flag, man. That's that's all racism. That's all 
all a distraction from from what's going on. You know, not not them doing it, that this heat about them doing it. It's yeah. it's all it's all a distraction. Like, um, do you see that his uh, Big Sean's lyric got edited? Yeah, from from the Madden game. Yeah, like my my whole my whole view on that is, I'm not mad at Kaepernick for doing what he did, but one thing I hate to see is a man, especially from the like trying to make it to the NFL. Yeah, like you bust your ass your whole life trying to make it to yeah. the league. And just because of one little action, your dream is shattered. Yeah, it, it is for right now. Yeah. It is. But he he will go down, I think, is, is I, I don't know on the level of Martin Luther King mm-hmm. or, or an activist like that, mm-hmm. but he will be talked about for years and years to come because he, he sparked this whole thing. And yeah, he might not be a professional quarterback right now, but I think he realizes it's something bigger. And if, you know, and, and the effect that that it's had on the country, you know, and he, he did his job. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what that's what it is. He did his job. And you can't you can't protest and do that and have that career. Do it's not th- possible. Yeah. So do you think athletes should use their platforms to protest injustices or certain things like that? Sure. I mean, you know. But what if it's affecting the the company's uh, income or pockets? I, then they they have to do what they have to do. I mean, if they want to fire them, I mean that's it's it's a free country. I mean, they have the right to protest, and they also have the right to fire them. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if it's not violating the contract, then you know, I if it's in the contract, they put it in the contract. It's a free country. You chose that profession, just like. I chose to be a teacher, mm-hmm. and if they say teachers can't wear jeans to school every day, mm-hmm. I I have to buy by that. Yeah, you know. So, if not, find another career. Yeah. I mean, um, do do I think that's do I think that's ethical and right? No, I I think again, I think it's trying to oppress black people. I'll say it right now. I mean, that's what it is, man. You know. And he and he's he didn't even he didn't even like from all the interviews I heard him I heard him talk like he never said anything about like black people he always used the word he was careful of yeah. how he spoke he used the word minorities and he even fought took that knee down for the vets because he doesn't like the way they're treated yeah. after the army or after the military branch and that's and that's a bit that's a big step too you know because they they are but I really think. You know, there there's a huge inequality, and nobody wants to talk about. It. No one can talk about race. Mm-hmm. They 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 want to steer away from it like it's this taboo thing. But you know how how could it? How can we not talk about it? How can we? How can we say? You know, black people have the same amount of rights as we do mm-hmm. when they just got rights in the '60s. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. W- women were, you know, allowed to vote, you know, in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're telling me you had the same rights or the same opportunities mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, old money, you know, families, you know, that had money and not even a lot of money. Yeah. It could be middle class. You know, that's, that's, that's bullshit. You know, so, I, you know, I don't know. I think if you, who he's doing it for, he can do whatever he wants. Mm. It doesn't. 
you know, I know a lot of people get offended by that, but look at the people that are getting offended by that. <laughs> That's all I got to say. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, you know, I, I think it's, um, I'm trying to think of somebody who, who protested, you know, uh, in a different way and it was okay. And I don't have any examples offhand, but. That's what I think. That, and then, you know, and he had the Afro, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. And that's, that scares people. Yeah. Scares people, man. It's a scary image. It, it, for some it is. Yeah. It's, it's a scary image for some people to see that. Yeah. And, um, but I, I really think he definitely took a hit, but I, I really think his career is going to go a different way. Hmm. Do you attend support groups? Uh. No, not now. I don't, I don't know if I will. I just got back with the VA system. So VA system, meaning uh, the, the veterans uh, hospital. Um, so, you know, I go to therapy. Um, I'm back into that. And then I don't know what the next step from there. I would. Yeah. They do it. Um, but, you know, I'd like to help younger vets that yeah. get out. They would have to go to college, or they have to go to college, but they they attend college, and they don't fit in. That's a, that's a shitty feeling. Yeah, you know because, you know, you feel alone, you feel angry, and then you start to develop. Um, you you start to develop a a a, a system where like you automatically push people away mm-hmm. because you're scared they're not going to like you, mm-hmm. and that's that's not good. Isolation. Yeah, you start to be isolated because of that. And that leads down, and you know, and that's you know, that's how drug, you know, drug abuse and all that stuff happens, and you know, and next thing you know, they're out on the street. You know, yeah. it's just I'm not saying it's with everybody. Well, but. Yeah, how that, that's one thing I never understood, and maybe you could explain it to me. How does how does a a vet end up out on the street? Is that something to do with? It, could it be life issues, or could it be something from? I I think. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think some people who join never had a plan when they joined and they didn't have a plan when they left. Mm. And I think they wanted the military because of the structure, but maybe, you know, it wasn't their thing when they were in and they got out. Um, I think some never got help for what they, you know, what happened to them. And I don't think the military did a good job of giving them that help. Um, you know, you see what all the, you know, the VA and the news and stuff like that, but I don't know, man. I, I really, I really don't know. You know, I, I see now the programs they have, they got programs now, like if you can't make a mortgage payment, they'll pay your your mortgage. I don't know how long, but, um, you know, um, you know, I, I don't, I I don't know, man. And a lot of guys are too proud to go get help. Hmm. You know, and how do you feel about the stats um, that says twenty-two vets die a day from suicide? Um, that's scary. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, who came out with that? You know, um, it was, I just googled it. Yeah, it was like a whole article on it. Be interesting to see who came up with that stat. Suicide by state. So this one's from Wiki, and 
Military Times. This one's from Military Times. Okay. 20, okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that was what, 2016? 16, yeah. Well, I, I, oh yeah, I see that 22-a-day estimated yet. Well, yeah. you know, I think it's a combination of both. I think the VA is is getting better, but it was a very shitty system. It's very shitty because, you know, I don't, you know, this is my opinion, strictly my opinion. I don't think that, but I think a lot of people take VA jobs, doctors and and stuff like that because it's safe. You're in a government position. Yeah. And there's so much red tape and so much um, bureaucracy that it's hard to get fired. Someone complains, it's got to go to 50 different people Mm. before it comes back to you. You know what I'm saying? It can get lost Mm. in the system. And, um, you know, and there's so many people, there's only so many people that can help and work. And, you know, I, I think the VA failed a lot of people. Um, and I, another thing too, man, I, I just, I think soldiers are, they're too proud to go get help, to get angry. Cause someone told me a while back, you know, I needed to, um, I need to get help. And I was like, you know, you're fucking crazy. I'm not, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. You know, but I look back now and I'm like, oh my God, man. You know, I did that or I was doing this. and Just a fear of therapy, maybe. A fear of therapy. You look weak. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Um, a, lot of people, a lot of people fear therapy. Yeah. A lot of people. Like, you could have been, some people go through trauma, th- trauma uh, situations in life and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, until you go get help, and you're like, uh, "Nothing's wrong with me," but really, there's something wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, you know, I look at that with my family. <laughs> I look at some all of the people, families. I man. look at some of the people I grew up with and who I thought were just so normal. I look at it now, I'm going, "They were fucking Fuck, crazy." Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and I could see that with with therapy, like you know, shit like that. Like there was an article the other day about Ohio State wrestling. I guess a doctor just committed suicide. Mm. Um. And I was reading this article and, the, you know, because wrestling, you get a lot of funguses and stuff because it's a contact sport, yeah. hot, moisture, you know, you have funguses, whatever. And the doctor, these guys in Ohio State back in, I want to say 90s or 80s, yeah. something like that, um, were going to this doctor and, you know, hey, I got, I got a jock itch or I got that. And he was like masturbating these guys. And they were like, whoa, he must be a doctor. He's a doctor, so he must know what he's doing. What? And it, yeah, and they would just like move on, and and it all kind of came out, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Like, it, it, some of the stuff you just you kind of like you question, but you don't like. Okay, well, that person's this or that person that. Or I grow up in this situation every day. Like, you know, we talk about Chicago again. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. gunshots happen every day. Like, it becomes normal. Mean? Yeah, that's not fucking normal. You know, that's not. You know, it's like, yeah, we all put ourselves in. You know situations that we, we we deem as normal but like i don't know i you know i don't know what normal is you know that's another thing too but it, it's it's you're right though i i think you're absolutely right um with therapy and, and getting getting be, stepping outside the box and, and viewing your life mm-hmm. and it's going wow okay yeah i can't believe i was doing that or this and that like i remember I used to get, when we used to go out when I was younger, when I was out of the military, you get blacked out drunk before you go to the bar. And I thought that was normal. You know, I thought you were supposed to be, you used to sneak beers in. 
like take beers with me into the bar. Like that was normal to me. That's fucking crazy. It's insane. And that's how you guys cope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I don't know, man. Therapy, I think for vets is, 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 is a, is a bitter word, you know? Um, but it, it helps if it, you know, any veterans, you know, hear this, it's, yeah, it's a huge help, man. And what's like, uh, I watched a few YouTube videos like yesterday and I see there's like, um, a, op- a opioid problem with some vets that come out. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sure. up with drugs and all that. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not only was that, you know, them, but everybody, but you know, I think, well now they, they don't. So I, when I was in, um, the V, uh, the VA the other day, they don't, they're not prescribing, um, those opioids and uh, opioids anymore or um oh shit what's it called or, good so there's been some problems yeah and then benzos yeah they're not prescribing those like um klonopin they're not doing that anymore and they're not doing um like adderall yeah adderall was one of them yeah they're not prescribing that or they are prescribing that but it, it takes more time or something like that it's just crazy there's so much problems man yeah man yeah i mean you know, not only with veterans, but you know, I was big in Florida too, man. Yeah. Is, is pills. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think as humans, we, we, we all need, we all need to cope and I, I, how we do it is up to us, but I, we all want to escape reality somehow. I mean, it's everybody. I don't care what you do. It, we all find a way to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think some of us are just, either if it wasn't pills, it'd be something else, Mm. you know? Um, Everybody has their own vice. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, like, like in Vegas, like I was just in Vegas, you know, I was there for a marathon four days and Vegas is considered a marathon. Um, (laughs) You know, I, I was able to gamble, stop, gamble, stop, you know, but some people there four days, man, they're straight gambling. Yeah. I mean, hitting buttons and this and that and doing that. And it's like, you know, what's easy for me may not be easy for someone else. And what, you know, easy for someone else isn't easy for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't know, man, I, as far as the VA giving them, um, uh, pills and stuff like that, Again, I think it was part of the VA just saying, you know, kind of, here you go, get out of here. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. I, I haven't been, I haven't been very impressed with the VA. Yeah. The one in West, are they getting better though? They are. The one in West Palm is not bad. All right. You know, I went there the other day. I think I went two weeks ago. I went there and like, I got a CAT scan, back x-ray, all this stuff, like all in two days. Nice. So that was, I mean, that's good. Yeah. You know, um. And I'm getting like a, I got an oh and an EKG like the next week or something like that. So mm-hmm. it was like you know they they did it, but you know again you go to there and they, the, the the doctors there aren't the most warming kind of people. You know it's just like it's I don't know it's it's a weird it's a weird feeling going there. I don't know, but they they deal with a lot of stuff there, man. My last question, yeah, would you do it again? Yeah. Absolutely, I would. After all that, yep, I would do it again. Why? Because it made me who I am today. Again, take away the combat. Everything else was 
life-changing. Meeting new people, new experiences, being on my own. Um, you know, living in the South made me want to come back down to the South, you know, and I met the most wonderful person, you know, because I came down here, you know, and, and yeah, I, I would do it in a heartbeat. I would do some things differently now. I would say, I would have saved my money. All right. Save your money. Um, I would have saved my money. Yeah. Cause I made a lot of money, man. I mean, well, a lot for me at the time, you know, I came back with almost 20 grand. Yeah. You know, and it was gone, gone. You know, I, I could have, you know, opportunities to invest. I could have invested in Facebook for $13. <laughs> Check the Facebook price now of the oh, stock. Man. It's insane. It's insane, man. Um, You know, but no one tells you shit, man. Yeah. You know, it's like no, no one. There, there's. You you learn the hard way is the mm-hmm. best way I could say it. It's like you really you really learn by by just trying things and failing at it and moving on. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, sh- I should have saved my money when I got out, you know, because I could have had a lot of money to invest if I would have known about investing. Yeah, and and a lot of different things. Um, you know, I, I could have invested just in, you know, mutual bonds. I didn't know what dividends were. You know, I you know like shit like that. You know, instead I was Dang, I was man. playing online poker and drinking. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was like you were young. Yeah, man. And those, that, I was Dang, young, but man. but I was set up for success. You know, and I didn't blow it. You know, but you know, I definitely definitely could have done more. Yeah. You know, but I guess we all could have in a sense. So, but yeah, hundred percent. I would have. I would have. I'd go right back. I could do it all over again. Yeah. All right, so this is this was your first podcast. How, what do you think? I, like again, like I said, it's going to be your 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 most viewed podcast, hey, I, highest viewed podcast. I hope it is, man. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, man. Ten, ten million. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> ten million. Oh man, but you enjoyed being on though. Yeah, man, this was great. This was fun. Hey, this was awesome, man. man. I hope. Uh, I hope uh, get you and Carla back on. Yeah, man. We can do some couples therapy on yes. here. <laughs> you know, share the world what what I what I I live with every day. Oh man. No, uh, man, this has been great. This is awesome, man. Thanks thank, for having me on. Thank you for coming yeah, on. man. No problem. Anytime. Uh, let's do this again sometime. All right, man. Uh, man. That's awesome. That's it.